we got a memo that coaches only allowed one drink. No, two drinks. Oh, two drinks. Two, two drink. Yeah. Two drink minimum, uh, according to John. Hey, we're recording. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> there it uh, is. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, we are back after a two-week hiatus. Is that right? Is that the right math? Yes. Okay. It's more on sabbatical than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, live at Moe's. Well, recording live at Moe's uh, in Noblesville, as usual. Uh, it is the Permanent Relegation Podcast. I'm Andy. It's Chris. Chris. Popper. Popper. We have a special guest we'll get to in just a second. A very special guest. I don't even know if I want to do all the intro stuff because he's so special. Yeah, but we have to. We though. have to. That's, what, that's, that's, that's how we pay the, do. Yeah. That's how we pay the bills without the money. Mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moe's Irish Pub uh, at MIP Indy. Follow uh, them on Facebook as follow well. Follow them on Facebook. Moe's Irish Pub, Noblesville. Twitter. They just had a huge event uh, this weekend. Uh, KJ's Cancer Sucks Party that raised yep. like $16,000 in cancer uh, like donations and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, donations for cancer right. uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That's good. It's real uh, official. Yes. Right. Um, of course, uh, permanent relegation on Facebook at PR podcast show on the, on the Twitter sphere, www.permanentrelegation.com. That's right. I am of course dot edu dot gov. Oh, we should, we should, uh, we should secure the, uh, white house. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> Lemonparty.org. Stop. Okay. Wow. <laughs> We're not going to go on that. We went, right, on the, so we went on the Goatsy route when we started talking right. football last yeah, time. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Goatsy? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no. Uh, of course, at Caged Fear. At C-Bala, C-B-A-L-L-A. And? At Dirty46205 with a U. With a U. With a U. And then our special guest, uh, you know, it seems like every once in a while. He's a really small guy. He's yes, a really yeah, small guy. It's hard to find him. Um, he, he doesn't really stick out in a crowd at all. <laughs> right. Uh, we have the coach. Of Indy 11 soccer. The third best Jurgen in the world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'll take that. No, I'm just I'll kidding. I'll take that. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jurgen Summer, of course. Coach, thanks for uh, being on the show. Coach. No, thank thanks, guys, coming. for having me. I apologize for last week. That was my fault. So. Hey, no, that's okay. <laughs> Nobody even knows about that. You just totally busted <laughs> yeah, yourself out. I did. I did. <laughs> no, they know about it on no. social media. Oh. Okay. Because we, we were like, oh, hey, this is happening. Oh, scheduling conflict. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? It's it's called life. I have kids and getting registered for school. And to, oh, that's that's fun. And yeah. they moved schools this year. My Both my daughters did. And it was a pain because they were only open. They closed June 13th, didn't reopen to July 29th. And I'm going, yeah, that's like a week before school starts. <laughs> so I don't know how this is going to work. Right. But so. So, yeah. And, and uh, of course, we've had Peter Wilt on the show. Uh, we've had guys from. Oh, you're falling. Uh, oh. We've had guys from uh, uh, the Brickyard Battalion on the show. Yep. Um, so really, and of course, you know, being the permanent relegation podcast uh, and wearing jer- soccer jerseys today, we're, we're of course big soccer fans. Just um, a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, and especially being local with the, the local beer month and, and really being huge supporters of Indy 11 soccer, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we'll probably talk a lot about, oh yeah, he got the scarf There's today. the scarf. <laughs> I got a it's bottle so opener. Feels yeah, it's good. so cold. In. <laughs> and now I got my. He's got the important gear, the bottle I know, opener. I saw that. <laughs> I got that somewhere. I don't know where my keys. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. So, so this is really important. We yes. we really have wanted to. Um, when we started this back in March, and you know, we've talked about this, we didn't really know what the heck we were going to do on this. Yeah. It was really just us two sitting in his living room, just kind of talking about sports and doing some stuff. And then we started going. I was like, you know, we really I think should take more of a focus um, on local. Anything, whether it be food, whether it be drink, or whatever. Then, for some reason, we invited Alex to come join us. That was the worst idea you guys ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She just told me not to come back. (laughs) After episode three, 
Don't yes. even come after, back. After yeah. some of the stories you shared from Vegas, I don't know if we should have ever had you back again. Exactly. Yet. So, <laughs> um, and then obviously being as, as big of, uh, of the football fans as we are, we decided that, you know what, Indy 11 is, we're so glad that there's actually a team back and uh, with the support and then starting with the fanfare. And so it was like, you know, whatever we right. can do to try to help with that. Um, as well as talk to as many people get obviously you have enough of your own promotional stuff that's going on <laughs> so this wasn't so much like hey let's get your name out no it was we wanted to talk um just with as many people of the organization um well the big no, thing too yeah. the big thing too when when, when, I, when we invite like when we invited peter on really no set you know you, you have you do this media tour and i've been involved with with you know newspapers and radio and tv before from my career that it's all this canned questions where you kind of get them beforehand or right. your media guy comes out and says, hey, ask him this, this, and this, and this, right. and this. With us, we want it to be a little bit more candid, a little bit more fun. Obviously, we're drinking some beers. Cheers. Cheers. Gentlemen. Drink. Everybody's uh, drinking delicious. And then maybe he's going to talk. Yes. And, yeah, but no. That's that's one of the reasons why we like <laughs> having we like having the yellow card right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Basically, one more you're done, so you should probably stop. Just let him kind of go. But... Uh, uncut, candid conversation about soccer and everything else. There you go. Oh, Boom. Man. He was reaching towards the back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, we appreciate I appreciate being on the show, and I'm glad you guys kind of touched on the local piece because that was a big reason for me uh, to get involved with the team and the organization when Peter asked me to. When I retired from playing, my wife's from here. We met at IU and decided to kind of raise our family here. So we've got two young boys, and we wanted to be local. We wanted to kind of get back to home and kind of give our kids an upbringing where they feel like this is where we're from. Uh, so we chose Indianapolis to do that. I've had a lot of opportunities to coach around the country in MLS with U.S. soccer, but yeah. have turned down, honestly, a lot of jobs not to move. Uh, Bob was great about 2007 to 2010, being involved with the World Cup team at that time. Right. But really to continue on at that level, you have to move out to L.A. and be around Home Depot and, uh, and their training facility out there. We just really didn't want to raise our kids out there. So it was hard to kind of let that go. But so we stayed put. And, and lo and behold, this opportunity turned around. And for me, you know, I'm looking at the local kids, too, because you look at Demarcus Beasley, who's now captain yeah. of the national team. Sure. I think he's rolling into what his fifth World Cup. Yep. And, you know, and here's a kid from Indiana, you know, right. and Beasler from Notre Dame. There's there, there's always a great representation of Indiana girls, you know, guys and girls oh, yeah. on the national team like from Jamie. here. Right. And they just never get any respect. They really yeah. don't. It's always been West Coast, East Coast. And, you know, John Stolmeyer did that for us here in Indiana when he kind of cracked it open in 1990 with the national team. And a couple of us, Brian Mazinoff, myself, Chad Deering, and uh, you know, a couple other Indiana guys were involved in the you know 98 World Cup on the 94. I think it was just myself from Indiana at that point. But you know, there is you know there are players coming out of here that just don't really get the recognition they they deserve. A lot of our top athletes leave Indiana right. and play all around the world, Europe, Mexico, MLS, and it's nice to have the team here and begin to have a platform to kind of invite everybody in. Well, right. and, and, and that was the greatest thing because the, the three of us went to the Chelsea Ender game. And to see the amount of support, and obviously there's a regional draw that would come in um, for that type of game. But to have 41,000 people here at, right. at the Luke it for was the Leaky King. Yeah. Well, well, How crazy was it to have 
you know, I talked to some folks back in England that I played with from Queens Park Rangers that are still involved in the game. They're like, who is this Indy 11? You guys are on their website, on Chelsea's <laughs> website. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, that is absolutely That's nuts. Amazing. We yeah. haven't played a single game. We don't have a single yeah. player on the roster yet. <laughs> and a full, and, you don't have the full coaching staff. Right, yet, and our, no, and our logo is on the Chelsea and Inter Milan website. I'm like, right. that just blew my mind. Yeah. And, uh, but just shows the great things that Peter Wilt and our ownership are willing to do to move the game forward here in Indiana. And Orsal, I know, is really excited about the team, the game. He has a real passion for soccer, and he's doing everything first class. So it's not a matter of can we do it, can we afford to do this, is, is it the right decision, is it going to benefit you know, the organization and soccer here? And if the answer is yes, he's willing to do it. So Sure. Yeah. And I was kind of blown away when you looked at the, the stats for attendance over the entire Champions Cup. It was when you look at Indianapolis, we actually did better than Real's first game out in L.A. Right. Um, and actually, what was the final statistics for the final um, for Chelsea and Real Madrid? It was it was almost identical. Yeah. When you said lose down soil, in Miami, right? Down in Miami, I, th- I think that, it was in the I think it was in the fifties. No, right. it was in the. Uh, we were told 60s. by relevant sports who definitely wants to come back to Indianapolis next summer that of all the Champions League games this summer, other than the final that was a doubleheader in Miami right. with Chelsea and Inter Milan. Indianapolis had the highest, yeah. the second highest ticket sales of all the other markets. Yeah. San Francisco, awesome. L.A., Phoenix, New York. Which is that's crazy. pretty impressive. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I would say. The, the and we got a late start selling tickets yeah. as well. <laughs> so. Maybe you can answer this. Where the hell did all these Chelsea fans come from? Yeah. Yeah. How, when did Indianapolis become a hotbed that's for I, Chelsea that's fans? That's what I would really like to know because that's a little ridiculous. Well, well first off, <laughs> I mean, we don't even get I knew it was ridiculous that. when I saw the Adidas reps out there handing out the Chelsea yeah. flags. Like, they right. literally flew those guys in, mm. printed the flags. I had somebody come up to me and go, hey, you want a Chelsea flag? I'm like, I'm United jersey. Are you retarded? We're going to figure this stuff out as we move through our first season. I was really hoping they had some QPR like gear I could wear. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. oh. Because oh. yeah, they're permanent relegation. Them on, right. We would have right. them on the yeah. show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, or some uh, Wigan gear. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So That was a low blow there. I don't think it would come back. Yeah. <laughs> so what's that yellow card you got? There you go. Dude, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is going in the right already, there. dude. You're you're it's, right. okay. it's okay, Nani. You can just get. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Straight red card. We won't talk yeah. about yeah. Straight red card. Well, what are you guys hearing chances. on the street about the team, the organization? You know, well, the uh, Brickyard Battalion. The what's cool your team? take? Do you have yeah. a team? Well, the coolest thing was, especially talking to the Brickyard Battalion guys and even Peter. You know, Peter came on and and was he even teased the the International Champions Cup on the show where it was like the first time he was really talking about it, and we're like sitting here guessing So, so the question was, what are you hearing on the streets? No, I'm just saying. Good it, things. I'm just saying that it's a, lot of, it's a lot of buzz for everything soccer around here, not just the team. Right. And, and that's, that is going to directly affect the attendance of the team, especially with over 5,000 season ticket holders that have already uh, pledged their, their, their season tickets. Right. I mean, you've got such a huge following, especially for some a town that's a football and basketball town. Yeah. So right. I'm going to slightly disagree, okay. only because so in where I work, I deal with public all day long. So you don't necessarily get to deal with the day-to-day person every single day with what you do. And you are in a lab burning things down where you work, right? <laughs> lighting stuff on fire. So it's not by it's not by choice. So. <laughs> I would say there's some traction, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is still in the group in the segment that was heavy into uh, heavy into soccer to begin. They they already know. We we'll take a little break yeah, here. Yeah, the, the, the listeners know. A little upland, yes, yeah, sir. There you go. 
So <laughs> my grapefruit jungle isn't available tonight. No, we drank it all. We drank yeah. it all. two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, yeah, they said they were like, oh, literally, we, we won't get that till June and again. I think we killed it. So. <laughs> Oh I think that's God. why that episode is not available to download. It's yeah. in the vault. It's like Disney. It's in the vault, but it's like anti-Disney. For those um, that know me, and, or Chris and Alex personally, if you want it, get with us. It's We can host it and, and have you listen to it, but oh, we're man. not putting that on the internet. No. <laughs> so WZPL. What's yes, up? Yes. Okay. So anyway. so Dave Smiley. So those that have been in the soccer circles, I, 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 I they know about it. They talk about it. When they come in and they see I, I, we're my Indy 11 band, I have a pen that I have on, and you get some questions. And you start talking about, oh, we, we have a team coming? You go, well, we don't. We have a team, but we don't really have the team yet. And I was like, right. yes, but they start in 2014, and there's always a talk. So I'm seeing a split. I think there's still work to be done, obviously. And, but I think there's been a great job of a grassroots, and the Brickyard Battalion guys have done a great job. And just the organization has done a good job of getting eyes out, that the word out, I should say, and working with local businesses to really spread, hey, yeah. this is what we're doing. Right. You know? and so, but I still, it still feels like... I would say this is good for being what we have already. Yes, having this many, you know, season ticket with you, I totally agree. But I just feel like there's still a lot of people that just have no idea that probably would love to know yeah, if right. we were out there. Well, so. I'll let you guys know on the show that um, the first round of tryouts that we had, we had a tremendous amount of uh, interest in our tryouts. And it, we could go one of two ways. We could just open it up and take 100, 200 people in, which we could have easily done. No, I was looking at Alex. Because uh, we, <laughs> we had like 300 applicants come in, but we kept it to 36 players on both sessions and tried okay. to keep as, the quality as high as we could with the registration piece and the, the CV and the bio. Were, did, you, did he apply? <laughs> no, I you like did. how Jurgen's like, like looking back and forth to Chris. It took no. me a second also, and I went, oh, Alex. <laughs> I get it. Well, you know what? I want to tell you guys, we're going to just announce on your show, we're going to launch another uh, two-date uh, trials. September uh, 5th and 6th and 12th and 13th. You got so. this popper? Yeah, I've been talking to a few people like Chris Way and yeah. uh, Diego Lemus. Right. He's helping you guys out. I think Chris tried out for you guys. Yeah, too. he did. He did a nice job and he was out there. Yeah. So I think tomorrow it's going to get onto the website. So we'll kind of let you guys know tonight that we had such a great response from the first go around that we were pleasantly surprised. There was quite a few folks in there that we thought, you know what? There's some opportunity here for us locally that we added two more two more tryout dates in early September. And then I think from there, we'll take the guys that we've had from the two tryouts, kind of pull them together and start to get outside and train. And then we're going to have the interest that we're getting from free agents and other players that are out around the country and internationally kind of come in and come on trial for a week and knock around. So that was one of the things I wanted to talk about too, with you as the, um, you know, we talked about the local uh, support, but you know, when you and I talked last week, you're saying that a ton of international people are, are, are like, oh, this team is just right. brought it up, and I'm getting, we're getting tapes and calls and, and emails and things from people all over the world. And, you know, how does, how does that affect your selection process and, and getting it, through all that kind of stuff? Good question. It's really hard. And I think what you've seen is the success of our men's and women's, especially our women's national teams. Yeah. But our men's national team is consistently kind of performing. You know, we'd like to do better in the World Cup and go a little bit yeah, further, but sure. some of the other competitions, like, for instance, the Gold Cup this summer, yeah. 
Do we get it's, great young talent? Yes. We do, and it's really important in the CONCACAF in the region because where I'm seeing the interest from, and I think I'm going to Honduras in October, is we're seeing Hondurians, Panamanians, Costa Ricans, Mexicans. Any Belizeans? <laughs> any, any Belizeans? No, no. No. Not yet. This could be your niche. This could be your niche. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a Belizean on the team. Hey, yeah. we have seven international roster spots. So if you, <laughs> you nice. could fit there. Oh, but but we are seeing a lot of those guys. No. They want to come to the U.S., one, for the lifestyle, yeah. two, for the guaranteed money. You know, a lot of those guys where they play, it's not guaranteed money. They don't know if they're going to get paid or how they're going to get treated. And the MLS has done so well, it really is kind of a platform for them to get out and play. And and, uh, like the Panamanian Panamanian players, you look how well they did in the Gold Cup this summer. There's some real horses out there that I know the MLS would love to have, we would love to have. So it's trying to kind of get our hooks in those guys. But the international interest has really just blown us away. We had one kid that was really persistent from Italy, and we're like, I can't believe he wants to come here for the yeah. tryout. So <laughs> yeah. I almost felt bad. Like, oh, my gosh. But he did no. come. <laughs> at short notice, he flew from Rome, stayed for wow. two or three days, wow. came for the tryout. And at the end of the day, I had to say, I'm sorry, but you're just not good enough, which is hard. You invite people in sure. that come that far away, and that's why we've been a little bit reluctant. We really wanted to stay more local in the first right. couple yeah. rounds of tryouts to make sure, sure we really gave the guys that were here a real hard, honest look. And even the trialists from the first tryout, the guys that really stood out, we invited them all back for the second tryout. So I really I took away about a, a dozen roster spots that I could have given out to almost anybody, but we really wanted to look at those local guys a little bit further. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I did that because of those guys that we invited back, we've got a core go- a core group of guys that we want to continue to work with, and we will. I think we're going to get outside. We're trying to work a deal, hopefully with Dynamo uh, FC, mm. that they'll nice. let us use their facilities as we get in the middle of September through September, October, and kind of get three, four days a week of training out with all the trialists that we have identified. Gotcha. So and, that's and kind of the plan. In terms of players, too, how many people are you wanting that are – either uh you know nesl experienced mls experienced people that have already you know played at that type of level to because of course you're going to have that huge support already but that support is going to go up and down based off of if you guys win yeah Yeah. i mean it's all a results based hey we've got to step out on the field in april and have a very competitive team the nasl is very technical very fast and athletic and I, not, I know as, as a player when, you know, when I left Indiana in 1990, there really wasn't a platform other than indoor soccer. When mm. I went to England, my coach, uh, you know, I tried out, went on a couple preseason trips with the team, and uh, coach was excited about me. Then after I signed my contract, he literally put his arm around me and said, hey, you've got two years and you're going to be ready for this team. And I was like, what? Are you see-? I just my eyes rolled in the back of my head, but he was absolutely right. Sure. The players don't realize where the game has really progressed here the last 20 yeah. years. And the, the, the game is a lot quicker, a lot more technical than even coming out of a great D1 college program to really just jump in and play. Because there's so many players with, as you mentioned, professional experience. So we're going to need a nice mix of young, hungry, up-and-coming local guys. Right. We're going to need experienced pros that had three to four years in MLS, NESL, USL Pro, or international. And then we're going to need some senior international guys that are kind of in their late 20s, early 30s that are looking for, you know, kind of their 
kind of sunset to their career that they can come in and show the younger guys how to be pros, how to prepare, how to travel, right. you know, how yeah. to get ready for games. How do you how do you carry yourself as a professional like player? Like a mentor level. Right. We need those mentors. So we got to find that blend and pull it all together. So. And then we're going to pull over Alex Morgan, and she's going to be the first. And then Abby Lombach, <laughs> and they're, they're going to go ahead and bring over, right? Yeah. No, I mean, so we can schedule we a couple friendlies Suarez. with those guys. Yeah. I was going to say, Suarez really doesn't want to be with Liverpool. We figure, yeah. well, why not? Indy 11 sounds Gareth, good. Let's Bale, get him over. Yeah, Bale doesn't want to be a Tottenham. <laughs> and really, Real Madrid doesn't need to spend $100 million, So maybe for about 10000 we can get This guy's tune has changed. You guys would be really surprised, you know, the quality of the players that we're talking to and have the ability to – offer an opportunity to one on the younger guys on the younger pro side I mean, you know eric zavaleta is a great example coming out of westfield yeah, right, you know, won yeah. a national championship with iu very com- very good complete player gets drafted by seattle dream draft yeah. and i was just out in portland and seattle last week uh talking to both portland and seattle coaches watching training talked to eric while i was out there Lo and behold, here comes Clint Dempsey. The league spends right, a lot yeah. of money to bring <laughs> yeah. him back. And what's he thinking? Gosh, I'm not going to get a game here for a long time. Right. So, And if you're a young pro, we have a platform where you're going to play games. You're going to come out and play and develop and grow. Yeah. And hopefully we grow with you as an organization. But if not, and they move on to Europe or Mexico or the national, that's great. We've done our job by right. identifying the right player, giving them the platform, and kind of sending them on his way. But there's so many players domestically and internationally that are looking for the platform. When you really look, just say MLS, for instance, 20 teams, you got 11 or 12, you know, core players per team. It's really not a lot of players for a country as big as ours. So there's a lot of great talent that's fallen through the cracks for whatever reason, maybe an injury or they decide to go to Europe and it didn't work out for six months. Now they're coming back. They've kind of lost touch with the you know, the soccer community, so they just need somewhere where they can showcase themselves. Sure, so. sure. That's really, that's kind of good you bring that up where you talk about, and I've always said this, I know that the U.S. for the longest time has really driven the athletes to, it's been towards your big core sports, it's been towards baseball, it's been towards football, it's been towards basketball, that right. type deal. But in a country of 325 plus million people, to tell me that we can't have the talent and 325 million people win. Granted, it's not the only sport we play, <laughs> but th- just the odds alone. You take the math alone, there has to be. So my question to you is kind of going through this program and dealing with the men's national team, uh, dealing with kind of the organization that is the, the U.S. men's team. Right. Is how much do you see it as kind of politics, I guess? And maybe you can't speak on that, and that's fine, but I, I only bring this up because I have um, – so my wife played at Carmel High School for a long right. time. She actually played. She good friends with Molly Kruger. Right. And um, who is and she it? Played right. At, right. <laughs> Everybody's friends with Molly Kruger. Um, and went to Butler together. And her dad actually served on Carmel United's board. Um, Jeff Larkin. Right. And so, so it's one of those things where they have a neighbor who's kind of gone through this system. And the, the talks you hear is it's just it's really hard. That does it. If you have great talent, it's still extremely hard, depending on who you know, to get into some of those avenues. Great question, and I think the reason why the U.S. national team and soccer in the United States is just going to, the pendulum's going to start to swing in the upward motion is for this very reason. When I, I know when I played as both a high school player and then I walked on the Indiana team, it was only because of the Indiana team, Jerry Yeagley, that even cracked the door open even so slightly for me to stick my big toe in there to get called in for a camp coming out of the Midwest. Uh, most of the kids were all West Coast kids or East Coast kids, Jersey, D.C., and maybe one kid out of Miami, and that was it. It was really a little clickish. 
Was it that you were 6'5 and covered half the goal? <laughs> <laughs> I think once I got into camp, that definitely helped. But, but today, okay. there's so many platforms for players to play that players have so many new opportunities out there that weren't there 10, 20 years ago, whether it's the PDL, it's the uh, NPSL, the USL Pro, the NASL, the MLS, U.S. national teams. Where I, what I learned when I was in England for eight years is some of the best pros I played with never really blossomed till they were 28, 29, 30, because they had the fourth division, the third division, the second yeah. division to grow and build their game. And then they really came in you know, full steam ahead and really conquered the premiership. And I was one of those players. I went over there 21. It took me really till I was 21, 22, 23, 24 before I was like, all right, I got this. And because there's so much pressure on the premiership teams to play. And I think you're seeing that in the MLS teams now. There's a lot of pressure to perform and to win the Open Cup, MLS Cup, international competition. But I will say it on this show right now. In the next 10 years, we're going to see a player from the United States start to play for some of these huge marquee clubs, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea. That would be amazing. I mean, well, I just the read The quality of the kids that are out there would blow you away. I've been out to the West Coast quite a bit, whether it's a Chivas or Galaxy or Grande Sports World or Residency Academy that's out in Arizona. There's some great kids playing the game right now. And when you see Chelsea, when you see uh, Manchester City and the Yankees spending $100 million for a franchise, they're doing it for a reason. Sure, of course. And my contacts (laughs) in Europe are telling me that a typical EPL team in England, they have a 150-mile radius around their club to look for players, and they have to stay within that camp. But if you're in London and you've got Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, you know, Queen's Park Rangers, there's just there's not enough kids to go around, so they're really having to broaden their scope to find players. And I was fortunate when I went to England that John Harks kind of broke that mold open, that he really played for Sheffield Wednesday, won FA Cups, chased the championship, and kind of create opportunities for me and then Casey to slide in and Brad and other players that, man, that's not the case now. That, that thing is broken wide open. They're sure. looking all over the earth for players, and even here in the U.S. So when you see that big international investment here, you know the pendulum is swinging in the right direction. So, so what were you saying, Alex? Oh, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah. my well, Lord. Well, no, what well, I was saying, though, is that – oh, okay, go ahead. No, uh, you were talking about how, you know, U.S. players are going to get to that next big step. And right, right now I think we have players like uh, Bradley at Roma. Then, you know, right. Altador just got signed with Sunderland. That those players are getting over there. They oh, yeah. are getting the opportunity. Even though Dempsey left, you know, Tottenham to come back. Like you said, the U.S. players are stepping up and people starting to recognize it. Well, there's, yeah. a, there's a rumor that Landon Donovan is actually starting to entertain uh, he overseas. He can't get a contract signed with L.A. He's yeah, he's, about he's entertaining overseas, somebody wants which, to he's, him. which he's gone on tra- uh, loan to Everton yeah. and has done well over in and Everton. They do right. Right. Back, yeah. yeah, they would. I mean, he did a great job when he was there. I talked to Timmy Howard about that. and I mean, that option was there for him. I think he's just very uh, – really enjoys – the life that he has in LA and it would be hard for him to leave, you know, given his compensation and kind of where he lives. Plus, (laughs) yeah, but you got to look at Landon and he's kind of the face of, I mean, he, right now he's kind of, do you, you don't realize the amount of games that guy plays. I mean, I know he took a break from the national team, but honestly he needed it or he would have been burned out and done. Sure. He's, he's had so much put on his back from us soccer for obviously the national teams and world cups, but it's, the Copa Americas, it's a, you know, the Gold Cups, it's all the friendlies. There's only right. so much you can do. I mean, that kid's got a lot of miles on his <laughs> legs, a lot of caps for a young guy. Most players like Messi, Ronaldo, Van, uh, Van Persie, they play in multiple tournaments throughout the year, you know, your FA Cups, 
community right. club team yeah. and national right yeah exactly. then they like you said they got to put the national duties on there too so i mean that's 100 plus games a year in no time right and mm-hmm. i know for guys like clint and i was in that position when you're living in england and you got to come back for world cup qualifying games in guatemala el salvador mexico that's a long haul backwards and forwards and the club teams don't appreciate that and you risk injury and coming back you know maybe picking something up along the way and tired and because there's so much, every game is a battle in the Premiership, so right. it's tough. But I, I definitely see where the MLS is going, where our national teams are going, and uh, we're going to see some great players in the, you know, the next five to ten years come out of the U.S. that are kind of big-time players. I know when I was at Coast, uh, at Queens Park Rangers, uh, Paulo Wanchope, the Costa Rican international, was just kind of blossoming, coming into his own, and the QPR coaches wanted to bring him over with another player, Mauricio Solis. And I said, absolutely. I said, I bring these both these guys here today. I was like, <laughs> Paulo is the real deal. Yeah. And, you know, he grew up in Texas, in southern Texas, I think, yeah. and went to high school here in the U.S., and we lost him to Costa Rica. Mm. There's a lot of U.S. players that yeah. get snatched up by Mexico yeah. and Costa Rica, but Italy, he ended up yeah, doing, having a great career in the premiership. And, you know, those guys are out there. Depending where your parents are from, where you're born, you can end up with dual citizenship in a lot of countries, right. and they can choose who they want to play for and it's really funny because at least once a year if not twice you hear of a player going I'm going to play for this one and it's like oh, we could have had him you know uh, what I realized Giuseppe, too Giuseppe yeah, yeah. is that yeah. We're, we're a half hour in and we haven't gotten the history his history yet of, oh. of position that he's played where he's played at his experience where he started <laughs> So, coach. <laughs> so, I mean, so obviously, now we are going to have a lot of people that are soccer fans that are going to listen to this episode. Right. But there are also people like for the local beer month. We got a lot, a lot of foodies and beer snobs that listen to us now that could be listening to this, going, "I have no idea who this guy is." So, so obviously, with the with the name Jurgen, that's it's very uh, it's very local here to Indiana. <laughs> it's totally just blend right in on the streets totally of Noblesville, no, right? So, so yeah, so tell us a little bit about you, because you said that you're really glad to be back here. Local was big for you, and that's because... I'll take it back to my parents. Or my okay. parents are both... Uh, my mom was German, my dad was Danish, emigrated to New York City where I was born. Uh, so we grew up in New York, New Jersey for a few years before we moved down to Southwest Florida. Uh, my parents had a food business down there, a German delicatessen and bakery on Fifth Avenue. So that grew was up... delicious. Yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> grew up making sandwiches, washing dishes, the whole nine yards. <laughs> My dad was a goalkeeper. He actually played for Haasfau in Germany uh, before he emigrated and uh, always kept playing men's leagues and so forth and coaching us as kids. Uh, But we had some friends that were clients of our business from Indiana and recommended a woodcraft camp up at Culver in the summer. So I did a couple of summers up there and then got recruited by uh, uh, Chad Wick and Jim Brew, who are the the, uh, English... uh, chair and the German chair of the uh, languages department at Culver Military Academy at that time. So I went went to high school at Culver Military Academy, walked on to IU, and then uh, was very fortunate to be in a very talented group of players at IU. Uh, Ended up winning the starting position early in my freshman year. Uh, Won a national championship in 88 my sophomore year. Went back to the championship game in 89 in Rutgers and we lost. Boo, Rutgers. Boo. Yeah, I know. I know. But that uh, that experience kind of pushed me into the 1990 World Cup team. So I was an alternate goalkeeper on that team. Have a good time over there in Italy. I didn't get to go. I got to watch it at home on TV. But that was the burning desire for me to really make the next team because I knew I was close because David Vinoli and Jeff Dubeck were the two kind of primary keepers for that World Cup. And Tony Miola, I knew that 
Jeff and Tony. He had such uh, great hair. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, the tights were sweet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the spandex goalkeeper tight. Yeah, you I don't know if I go, you know what, maybe I should start wearing those. No. I like, yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe I'll get a football no. contract after this and kick field goals. Right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but I really wanted to make the 94 team because I knew it was in the U.S. And, and uh, I was very fortunate with my parents' nationality that I had a German passport as well as a U.S. passport. And I was in Holland at the Harlem Cup. It was a tournament in the summer that I was uh, there with a USA, uh, with one of our national teams. And I just had a great tournament. It's one of those tournaments that everything fell my way and uh, had a lot of opportunities to sign pro contracts from that. Okay. Uh, a lot of the English clubs were there. Uh, I had one more year of school left, so I kind of negotiated some preliminary terms with Luton Town Football Club. Before the Premier League, it was the first, second, third, and fourth division, and they were... Right one of the top 10 teams in the first division needed a backup goalkeeper and I said well I want to finish my senior year at IU and if you let me do that and then I'll you know I'll come back and sure enough they let me finish school literally by the nice. time I drove home to Florida my plane tickets were there to go to England and <laughs> nice. I went straight over 21 and years old already off to England yeah I had my contract and that's how it started so 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 why so why goalkeeper what made you? I mean, besides the fact Man, I thought I was a striker until I realized I just can't run that Actually, fast. <laughs> I've seen you play striker before. I can it off the wall on yes. a Tuesday oh, okay. night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Anybody can it yeah, off I, the wall. Exactly. exactly. I got one I've step over move. Play soccer. I Listen, got one step over move I'm that really works. I'm a keeper in indoor. I will, <laughs> take it, I will take a knee to the mouth, True. bust this thing open to where like, there's no more. So... Yeah, I got that thing broken, too. I've got this no, little thing from my That goes back to right high there. school for me. I had a uh, Jim Brew was my high school coach and saw me messing around. I was a, only a JV player on the field for my freshman and sophomore year at Culver. And then I was messing around in the spring in club soccer in the goal, just goofing around. He's like, if you want to play on the varsity team, if you switch to goalkeeper, it's like, you'll be, you'll be our starting goalkeeper next year. Oh, right. <laughs> so that, that convinced me because I saw the writing on the wall. I just did not have the speed to be on it's the field. Annalise, actually, yeah. Annalise, she, was, uh, she liked playing field, and then she got to a point point. she goes, it's not that I'm lazy and I don't like running. She goes, but it was just one of those things where I don't know that I wanted to do that for 90 minutes. She goes, that was okay, but she got into goal, and so that's where she kind of stuck. And then she got under Carmel School and then um, played all four years and was on that super, the, what they called the super team where they right. were three years undefeated back right. to back to back. And then she got a full ride to Butler, and it was one of those just as a keeper. Um, it's so funny. is you look at it's weird to be married to somebody when you google their name and they still come up with <laughs> ihsa records for the lowest goal per game average and it's like you know she's she's such a good person she never throws it out like what have you done in your life <laughs> like uh, well it's like greg uh greg the uh um the bar, bar manager. manager here i don't know if you'll meet him wednesday because wednesday you have your uh, build the brick house uh, right. event here at yeah, most here. yeah we're uh, looking forward to that greg uh andrews this uh redheaded guy you'll see it you'll know him yeah. um he apparently was a, what, uh, all like almost like an all American or all something. All state, something. Like yeah, that. he was all state. He got he got MLS tryouts. Yeah. immediately from, right out of Westfield. Team. Wow. No, no, it was oh, MLS. Okay. MLS tryouts. It was MLS tryouts from, from Westfield. Yeah, down in Florida. As he went and yeah, he ended up playing college as well. But I was like, wait a minute, I've known no you idea. how long? <laughs> and I had you know no idea. Like four or five he goes, no, he was. I was really good. I was like, I'm like a top level keeper until I like blew his knee out or something. Yeah, it was an injury wise. So. Wow. So, and uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I don't know even if you've been asked this before, but you know, you have your role as a head coach now, and it, it is your first head coaching, uh, your you know, your first head coaching job. Right. Is that correct? What is your style? Is what? it correct, or are you asking him or telling him? Right. <laughs> it's correct. <laughs> okay. I did my research. Uh, <laughs> Finally. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but what's your like? Every coach has their style. Every you know, 
obviously being being a keeper coach for so long. He's going to pace abuse everybody else. <laughs> he's going to get nothing but fast people and yes. pace abuse. The fastest guy, even the goal, even the keeper is going to be faster than it. Four two forty keeper. We have so, Usain Bolt in the goal. So what, <laughs> I mean, good. for people that are that have put down money for season tickets, what are they going to be expecting, or is that going to be based off of more of what talent you you start to get, or do you have an idea of what kind of game that you want to run? Well, I think every coach. <clears throat> a good question. Every coach has an idea of how they like the team to play, and you know the quality of players you'd like to have. Yeah. You know, and then the reality sets in the amount of time that we have, the budget that we have for the entire team. Uh, the ability to recruit people and kind of bring them to Indianapolis or kind of work with the guys we have. So to some degree, we're going to be working with, you know, the players that are available to us that we can sign in year one. You know, what the team looks like in year one is not what the team's going to be ultimately in year four or five. Yeah. So we've got to start somewhere sure. and build. So, uh, And a lot of people that may want to come here may say, well, I'll give it a year. Just see how they do, how they come out of the ground. What does their stadium look like? What do their training facilities look like? Because players, you know, that's all meaningful to them. They want to know what that environment's going to look like day to day. So we're going to do the best we can to, you know, put the total package out there. For me, you know, being part of the national team for so long and having access to a lot of people, you know, whether it's Caleb Porter was our, you know, the previous – Olympic team coach now at right. Portland. Tab Ramos, just talked to him the other day. He's our under-20 wow. national team coach. And then yeah. you've got access to Jurgen Klinsmann, how the national team plays. So there's definitely starting – we're starting to see with the national team from the top down kind of what our leadership has right. envisioned for the style of what – because we really have to ask the question, what's the style of a U.S. soccer national team going to look um, like? For the longest time, it was more like kick the ball and run for it. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's what kids nowadays, you, you know, they learn like youth ball and – Right. balls like play the long ball over the top but but like, then there was a big spell of you know i would say in the last you know the, not with bob bradley but kind of that the thinking in his area came in we need more of the uh, south american style yeah. play the brazilian more technical more toka toka move the ball around I don't know that we had the talent yeah right we didn't have the talent to do that but now you have a jurgen klinsman come in which yeah. i really True. liked it you see the german teams it's recently got a good name uh, too <laughs> great name but <laughs> you look at the champions league Number the teams that were there oh geez the we can't way, talk about champions league right now that's that's but a, the way the yeah. german oh, teams yeah. play or just a mentality really hard nose on defense but they are very technical yeah, they right. press high. They're good on the floor. They're, they're good in the air. And they don't turn the ball over, but they're strong. Very, right. They're very, strict, yep. very technical, very strong. And I think you're starting to see that with Jurgen Klinsmann a little bit. He likes the technical play, but he's not going to let that go off on a tangent that he can't reel it back in and realize at the end of the day we've got to be strong, we've got to be physical, because that's one of the greatest assets we have as our American national team, both on the men and the women's side. So I don't think we can let that piece go. Uh, for us here... You know, we're going to look at formations that are reflective at the highest level of our national teams and try to prepare our players to hopefully kind of move up those ladders, whether it's under-20 national team, Olympic team, full national team. If we can get players in those category classes, that would be great. All I can say really today is that we're going to very much have an attacking style of play. We're definitely going to play four at the back and a goalkeeper, so that only yeah. leaves six other players. <laughs> How right. do you arrange the six other players? Sure. A lot of it will depend on who we have to work with, what are their strengths and weaknesses, because you know, we can put a defensive midfield in there and the three midfielders, two attackers, or you know, we can do 4-3-3, 4-1-3-2. You know, we can mix sure. it a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, you've got to be able to kind of 
be able to flow with the game and realize when we can afford to push players forward to be more aggressive. And the team also has to learn that when we have the game in hand, we also have to know when not to take risks and kind of sit back and drop back, preserve the result and get the points so we sure. can move on. Ultimately, we want to get to the you know the championship game. So there's going to be games, especially at home. We're going to press. We're going to want to own the field. Put we the get on the road out there. Right. We we want to entertain. We're going to try to get the hot. You know, now, Peter Wilt would love to get to Marcus Beasley here. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, can, can we do that? I mean, he just signed a new three-year contract yeah. where he is, so it's going to be hard. But you know, that's what we'd love to have. We're going to try to get as much of that as we can. People mm. chomping at the bit to come and play for you guys versus you know trying to go out and scout out and be right. like, oh hey. But the reality is, the good players are with good clubs. They have good contracts, and sometimes we just have to wait that out before right. we can have access to those guys. So, being a keeper, and, and I've always kind of felt in any team that. The best teams, obviously, strikers and, and great midfielders, they're the ones who get all the play. They get all the talk. Ah, oh, look what they did. And all but, the ladies. And the ladies. And no, the ladies. Actually, have you not seen Iker Casillas' chick? Yeah. Are you serious? Smoking. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway. That's probably because he's Spanish. That's probably true. <laughs> so, um, so but, but obviously, that's kind of your rock and the foundation of your defense. They're the ones kind of pushing people, guiding, and you know this. So, how important, and you talked about Jurgen Klinsmann, you come from a line, you know, in Germany, it's always had really good keepers. You go back, I mean, Oliver Kahn, I mean, right. he's one of the greatest of all times, period. Where You start with that solid of a defense where you go, we have a guy that we know can, A, shut down, guide the defense where it needs to go, control that back, and then we can worry about the rest. If we have a good defensive leader back there. So for you, I mean, how important is that to find somebody who is, I mean, that's in, you see him now in national right. team. He's making moves in in goalkeeper, who was it? Who just started in the in the actual uh, championship game? He started uh, oh, uh, from Neuer. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Talking about for the Gold Cup. Gold Cup. Um, Confederations. Romando. Oh, yeah. Romando. Yeah, Nick Romando did a yeah. fantastic job. Just kind of a different thing where he's good in the goal, but the guy is extremely accurate on passing. It's, <laughs> I mean, he's got great foot skill, and it's just a different feel. Timmy Howard's amazing, but it's like a different feel that, right. that gets. So. You no, know, that's, that's a good point. Like Nick Romando, when I was when we were training for the 94 World Cup and I was coming back for England and we were in full-time residency in Mission Viejo, Nick Romando was there as a U-17 national team keeper. So he's been quietly kind of yeah. building his, basically his book of business, so to speak, yeah. for a long time before he's actually had a run in the national team. Because, yeah. you know, with Casey, myself, Tim, uh, Tim guys that were in England, Brad Friedel. I mean, it's hard when you're in the English Premier League playing games week in and week yeah. out to compete. Uh, and I thought Nicky did a great job in the Gold Cup and really showed his qualities. But goalkeeping position's tough because, you know, you've got guys like Timmy Howard, Brad right. Guzan that are right. week in and week out at a really high level. And that's the thing that Jurgen Klinsmann can bring to the table. Yeah that as competitive as the MLS is, still playing in Germany, playing in yeah. England, week in and week out with the Champions League and the FA Cup, the right. level of competition is so high, that's what really prepares right. you for a World mm -hmm. Cup. And as much as I want to say Nicky Romano would do a great job for us in the World Cup, I think he would. would still, Those guys would guy. still be right. better because they've yeah. seen more, they have better decision-making abilities. Strikers, let's see. Right, they see it week <laughs> in and week they'll out. They'll scream a left footer at you. <laughs> right, right, right. So. So, but for me, that's a great question. I think you've been watching me on my travels, but I've been looking, trying to find a really good goalkeeper that can come in and be the rock back there because right, yeah. we're going to need a good goalkeeper when we start. I think everybody kind of figured as much once they announced a 
someone who is a. But I think every coach does that. You're like, uh, God, yeah. I got to have well, I somebody. I from the back. I think you should. You got to start from the back, right. build your defense because defense well, wins championships. Well, yeah, you hear that cliche, but yeah. you know you want to build a solid we, foundation. <laughs> we scored more than Wait, we gave Bar- up. Barcelona basically just sieges for like 45 <laughs> minutes, and then they now get we're one. Have this conversation, yeah, oh, and then all of a sudden it's like one, you know, like turnover, and then you guys lose. So whatever. No, but um, speaking harsh. of it, um, you know, you were talking I mean, about the style, and they were asking questions about the style of your team. You know, there's multiple styles out there. I mean, which ones do you find most attractive when you're watching, like, a football game? Is it more like the Spanish style, you know, the English style, the German style? Because, you know, Italy's more defensive, playing, you know, four or five at the back, you know. Right. So which one do you consider to be I mean, your favorite? You really got to take into consideration the climate, too, because, yeah. you know, playing in England, it's it's cool and it's damp and it's high energy all the way along because the atmosphere, you know, the environment and the atmosphere or the uh, the climate is is conducive to that. It's not hot. It's nice and cool. It's a little wet, a little drizzly. Yeah. So you can run hard all day yeah. long. And when you play here in the MLS, you're in the heat of the summer and when you're you in L.A. in Houston. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to get hot. So you're going to see yeah. you can't play that way because yeah. you'll blow up. Oh yeah. Uh, so a lot of it'll depend, and obviously our league will be a summer league. It'll be a spring session, a spring season, then a summer season. Uh, but for us, we're going to look for the best players we can find, and mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to need a combination of good defensive players, good technical players, and good players that can play in the air. A Brian McBride type player that, yeah. you know, if we need to go into the air and, and have an aerial game in the box, we need guys that can do that. Yeah. And that's where I think what you saw with Bayern Munich this year that. They can play on the ground. They can be technical. They can be fast. They can be hard. Kill you on the wings. And yeah. then they can bring it up to the wings, <laughs> and they can put the ball in the air in the box, and they destroyed Barcelona that <laughs> yeah. way. And because if you can have that balance. Was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at, what did they do? Wait, hold on. Let's repeat, let's repeat that. They they what? Destroyed. Okay. Well, but at the same time. We did score a goal. But Dortmund, Dortmund did a, the oh, same oh, thing oh, with Real Madrid. It wasn't even so much in the, in the air, a little bit of it. But it was it, it was that fast play. They're great counter on counter counterattack, which is ridiculous. you play solid, you just play solid, you play together. Next thing you know, you're off and you go, and you have right. a guy like Lewandowski who just oh no, it's okay, it doesn't matter from where. But no, they were able to get stuff in the box as well. <laughs> yeah, and that's no, you're right. Exactly I right. think the speed of the game yep. and the technical piece of the game is just it's gotten so much better over the last 10, 15 years that we're going to look for the players that we can sign that have those assets. Yeah. And, you know, the higher we can go in that player selection process, we want to do that given the budget we have and the availability yeah. of the players. So we may not get that in year one, all the pieces we want, but that's what we'll keep looking for. Uh, you know, some of the assistant coaches that I'm talking to have MLS experience, national team experience, current national team experience that they know what Jurgen Klinsmann's looking for, what our national team needs to compete at the U20 level, the Olympic team level, the full national team level. U18. Right, and we want to offer that to the players here in Indiana, knowing, all right, you come here, you know, stick, hopefully keep you as long as we can, but we're going to try to prepare you to play at that level. Well, um, it, it helps with, with IU being such a powerhouse in soccer right now. Absolutely, they are. Well, I the mean, Midwest in general. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, St. Louis, too, and Akron, who just won a championship not too long ago. Right, right and, and, you know, IU, again, is, I think, what, preseason number one right now yeah they're preseason number one but i've made the rounds and it's you know you look at iu you look at butler's got a few great guys out there too iupy is an up-and-comer watch them then we have you know indiana to the south notre dame was the number one ranked team going in the tournament last year and beasler's you know starting center back for us with the national team another ohio state <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. He started laughing too. He's like, this guy, this guy really did say it. I couldn't do it. 
But no, we've been I'm talking sorry. to Akron. Look at look at Louisville. You know, I've talked to Ken mm-hmm. Lola down there. I'm like, Ken, I want to know every good player you have coming yeah. out of your program. Then, yeah, you throw St. Louis in there, and we have a nice regional uh, group of uh, top D1 programs that sure. hopefully will feed us players. And I'll kind of leak this out with you guys. Um, more Another exclusives. Exclusive. More exclusives. This is what I told him on the phone. I said, I want as many exclusives oh as you God. can possibly give me. <laughs> so we're looking at another amateur type team. It would be like a U, an under 23 amateur type yeah, I mean, team. I just missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> By seven years. By seven years. <laughs> that we might put in the uh, kind of the NPSL with the National Professional yeah. Soccer League. So we won't have another pro team, but it'll be our under 23 team. Like like a feeder team. Like a feeder team. So yeah, the, the team nice. comes together in May when the colleges end, and they play in uh, June, July, and August, and then they have a championship. And uh, it gives me the opportunity to give those really young those players in college. I can go as young as high school players can play for us at that point because we'll have an amateur team. So we're looking at high school players, development academy players, and then all the players in college from all the regional top programs that will play for us in the summer. And it really gives me three or four months to watch those guys play to say, you know what, this guy makes sense, and we want to put him on the uh, NASL team and kind of move him up to the Indy 11. So Yeah, that's got to be – I mean, when you look at your talent here, in, especially in central Indiana, I, I mean, you have some powerhouse high schools that kind of come through here that have programs that year in, year out. Right. They keep producing players. You would think that if we have a consistent, successful team here that – that organization, your organization's got to be able to talk to some of these kids or talk to them and say, you know, really, we can't tell you where you should go college-wise. <laughs> but seriously, like, let's, you know, staying here, I think, offers some great benefits because here you go. You know, we have a great team here. We, right. we have some great feeders in here. I don't know how much involvement you can have with high school students besides that well, kind of I under I think they team. do because they, you, for the trials, you say it had to be, what, 17 with parents' permission? Right. So they probably do have a little bit of high school kids trying to come out there. I did see quite a number of high school kids, and I actually turned a couple away just saying that I don't feel right at this point, you know, pulling you out of high school and putting you in year sure. one of our NASL yeah. team because I know I have a lot of interest from guys that are a little bit older, just out of school, with pro experience. I just didn't think it was a right move for us. And actually, for the next tryouts that we're doing, September 5th and 6th and 12th and 13th, we kind of took that 17 away and we okay. raised it to 18. 18. Okay. So I just wanted to kind of put <laughs> well, that behind us a little you bit. You personally, I mean, you even said when you know you got you got courted by you know to go overseas, and you're like, I want to finish school first. So obviously, education's huge for you in the first place. So you're not gonna. I can see how you're not going to try to pull kids out of high school and say, okay. No, I don't think that's the right thing to do. We, and that's what the, hopefully this NPSL team will do. will give us the ability. If there are some kids, 17, 18, that really show a lot of promise that are like the wow factor. And we do have a couple of those like Cameron Lindley's here. And, and, uh, isn't he the kid from Greenwood? No, he's up, up in Carmel and he's been on the DA team. He was with, he was with the U70. (laughs) But he was with the U-17 national team and almost went down to the World Cup this summer with our wow. U-17 national team at nice. 15, Jeez. So, which is really impressive. Now, so, you know, those kids, <laughs> I know. Twice his age, half as slow. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple kids like that that are out there that we want to bring in. We can keep their amateur status. They can yeah. train with you you know, a higher okay. level of competition that I know they'd be interested in, and they can maintain their amateur status. And you've seen, look at the IU basketball guys. Look oh, at Cody, you know. You can go through school now in two and a half years, three years if you want to. If you're really focused, you come in early, do your summer school, you can get in and out of there. But we like that as well because it gives the kids – 
from social perspective, you know, a little bit more growth and maturity, and they get that educational piece, which really helps them become smarter, better kind of decision makers, because there's a lot of time off the field sure. that yeah. these guys are going to have to know how to carry themselves, right. and right. the maturity factor does weigh in way pretty heavily there Well, that's there one of the things, me. too, you know, just dealing with Indy 11 as a whole, as an organization, is that you guys always carry yourself um, as... Professionals. Yeah, as professional as possible. You know, you get, you get people. What, what do you expect them to do? Be walking around with beer and, like, slurring and... You know, get people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> Peter had a good time here. Peter did, but you know what? <laughs> Peter and I Peter both talked about, though. You know, I've been there. I went to high school here. went to college here. You know, I played on two World Cup teams. I played in the English Premier League. I played in the MLS. I can see a player and tell a kid eye to eye, dude, you've got what it takes to go to the sure. next level. Yeah. And I am not going to take a high school kid that I don't think has a potential yeah. to really make it and drag him along and kind of ruin his college career, ruin his high school experience. If I see somebody that really has the tools, that really can make it, I'll let that person know, hey, you can make it. You and even him. Right. Even before I pull the trigger on that kid, I'll make sure I get him into a national team camp so our national team coaches can take a look at him and validate that right validate that decision before we pull the trigger on somebody and take their amateur status away and i think if i were a parent that's what i want would want a coach to do to my kid and i'm just not going to take some kid and throw him out there just because i need a body for you know six <laughs> weeks you yeah, know well, and how much how much of the with with a lot of the younger kids uh, you know maybe not out of college yet how much of that does feel like recruiting as a college coach where you're talking to the parents and say and you know trying to court these kids either out of school or you know, trying to be like, hey, this kid's got it, and you know that he's got it, and I can, you know. Yeah, it really depends on the that. family members, but there are a lot of kids out there that really want this opportunity with our team, and it's really it's easy to say yes. It's really hard to say no. Be patient. You know, give it some time. You need to finish school. You yeah. need to take the next step. And a lot of the kids don't want to hear. They just want to jump right in. And <laughs> it would be easy for me to do that, but. You know, I keep putting on my parent hat and saying, if this were my son, would I want that to because happen? You're, you're in those shoes right now. Like you said, last right. week you had commitment to your son to get him in school. He's at Westfield, right? Yeah. Westfield High School? He just started Carmel High School. Carmel High School. Oh, so nice. one a freshman in high school and one okay. uh, in sixth grade at Clay Middle School. So playing soccer, obviously. Playing Well, my <laughs> oldest played some soccer, but he's a really good baseball player okay. and basketball player. So he's kind of oh, moved on nice. to those sports, which I'm fine with because that he's found his kind of comfort sure. zone, his niche. And, right. But... And then the youngest is the youngest play? soccer player and a swimmer. So okay, okay, cool. Now back to this uh, minor league team now, or your theater program. Now would this compete against like FC Indiana, like the um, Chicago Fires, like reserve team? You know the whole, uh, you know the different levels of pro soccer and yeah. amateur soccer that are out there are changing rapidly as we speak. And uh, we found that you know we looked at two really good vehicles: the NP, uh, the PDL program, yeah. and the NPSL. And I really had a great conversation with the commissioner of the NPSL tonight to really better understand what the NPSL was, because you can enroll as a pro team or an amateur team. And I thought, well, we're already a pro team. You know, what does the amateur piece look like? And the amateur piece allows me to take really any age kid in. So if it's a high school age kid, a college age kid, or somebody recently graduated from college, I can bring them in as an amateur. Mm -hmm not affect their eligibility for anything in the future and give them an opportunity to yeah. play with us for three or four months. Okay. That gives me a great window to look at somebody and say, 
I think you got what it takes. And if you really can prove it over this 15, 16 game season in the yeah. summer, because they play that's pretty, June, July, and August. That's a, right. that's a very tight schedule right there. It's a know? tight schedule, yeah. and it's, and the games are competitive. The Midwest region for the NPSL, so to speak, is very competitive. A lot of good teams. The Detroit team is great. They get 2,500 people at all their home games. Damn. It's kind of rocking, and it gives me an environment where I can take a look at somebody and give them a really honest assessment versus bringing them into my team yeah. and realizing, oh, boy, you know, maybe they're not what we thought he was, and now yeah. I can't really play him on my team. What do I do with him? Where does he go from here? And Sorry, no player likes that. <laughs> no. Players want to play. Yeah. So if I can give them a platform, especially the younger guys, to play and they can grow because there is a jump from that age group to where we are kind of in the NESL. Oh, so it's a nice kind of stepping stone. It allows me to look at a lot more players especially the in-state guys and the regional guys. I'm going to need guys. you to wake the shit up. I, I'm I keep looking at Alex, and he's making me tired. Like, <laughs> I, like you're doing a good job. You, you got Jurgen over here, and he's he's facing Alex to, to his left. And Alex I look like at Alex, and Alex is just, his <laughs> eyes are halfway closed. He's looking, he's going, uh-huh. It's always yeah. been like that. No, no, dude, no, no, dude you, you, you look messed up tonight. What's no, going on, man? You all right? Jay, should, we use the, should we use the uh, format to try to get Alex Trout? No. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so Jesus. this guy runs a. Yeah, here we go. Look at look at this. He's like, oh, here we oh, go. Man, this man. is pretty much five, like rapid five, fire again. Five, you, you guys have played against each other before. Yeah. By the way, five two forty. Yeah, yeah. You guys have played against. Yeah, each we other, played right? off the wall. Men's over. Oh, did we? Over thirty on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you just ended it right there. They're not <laughs> taking anybody no over thirty. <laughs> just ended it. I'm pretty sure your letter yeah. said, unfortunately, you're on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're only taking one of those, and he it was, was a stud. And he was it a stud. Was close. And he had flowing hair. Sorry, no more bald guys. <laughs> yes, no more bald guys. We filled our bald quota. Have you yeah. not seen Jurgen's hair? Look, it's if you nice, can't have good hair, yeah, it is very I'm nice. very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, we have the good side of hair over here, and the bad side over on this way. That's why I wear a hat. So, so I want to switch gears real quick. So, obviously, you Let's now are fun. In, you're an Indy 11 guy. Great. We want to talk about non-Indy 11. We want to talk who's your club. So you can go MLS here. <laughs> Just anybody. That's my anybody. favorite team ever. So, okay. So, yeah. So if you have an MLS team, that's good. But internationally-wise, who's, who's your club team? Do you have one? Oh, here we go. Has anybody, has anybody asked you that yet? No, I have, I have, <clears throat> and I would just say Damn it. he probably has a certain league that he watches. Yeah. You know, here in the U.S., I just had so many experiences with, you know, it was with the crew and the New England Revolution. So right. those guys Ooh, are kind of crew. Can you tell? Do you tell Peter that you're that you're kind of a crew fan, or does he knows? He oh, knows. Yeah, he, he and he Bob Bradley. I mean, yeah, I understand. Yeah, he and Bob were on the sidelines Peter's when we like, played him for the Open Cup <laughs> final in Chicago. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a dodgy referee that threw a penalty in at the last minute to win it for him. So I let Peter know that a few times. <laughs> One of those rings belongs to me. Hey, you can right? take you can take that schlaps and you can suck it. Yeah. <laughs> have you had a schlaps yet? I have. And he's oh, a big so fan. Bad. It's so bad. Yeah, I like the uh, <laughs> I like the Upland better. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Yes, sir. So all right. So. Yeah, who you is know, the MLS, you know what? I just love to see a good game. I love to see the U.S. players have a tremendous opportunity to grow. God, he um, is media this is, ready. This is yeah. totally the political wait, 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 He is media <laughs> ready. So how do you feel you did today? Well, I feel like uh, we played I will well. say, I will, no, I will say I was in, uh, in Portland and Seattle last week yeah. and, and uh, really got to experience. I was met with Caleb and his staff and watched a Portland Timbers against Vancouver game, and I was really impressed not only with – the town of Portland. I've been there before, but not really. I was kind of on vacation, kind of on work. Sure. Kind of had dinner. You know, walked the streets. We walked to walk to the stadium. Kind of 
did the spectator piece, and I was really impressed. I was like, holy cow, these guys have it rocking. And it was a tremendous I mean, atmosphere. Is, is, that's one of those things where if, if I ever had enough, yeah. If I ever, that was Seattle. But the, the, the Portland thing, that's, that's I would it love was, to go to a game just because those guys are nuts. Those are nuts. It was really cool, and I was like, you know what? If He's doing rounds. If I had to again and I could choose, I said it would be a Portland or Seattle yeah. team. And Portland had a great atmosphere. And I know Seattle has a great That's atmosphere it. too. And what I'm told when I met with Chris Henderson last week, he was saying with uh, with Clint coming in now and Portland's coming up at the end of the month to play them in Seattle, I think they have a estimated 65,000 people at the game. That's more than yeah, Quest Field. And we yeah, were, yeah. yeah, my son and uh, my wife went to, uh, you know, watch the Mariners play, and there were 20,000 people there that weekend. Yeah. And these guys, you know, triple yeah. that number and yeah, then sure. some. Sure. So Dude. I'd have to say they've got it rocking in the Northwest. They got that Northwest. haunting chant, though, too, man. It's yeah. like they get going, and it's just – Gives you chills. Yeah, and like, oh god, what is that? I think that? that's one of the things we US talked about. National team, yeah. doing that. It was like, oh. And we talked about too is is you know they've you know the Brickyard Battalion especially has been getting that grassroots of oh, yeah. okay, chance. What should we do for this? What should we do for Hold that? Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. We didn't get out of the question. No, no, no. He no, no. <laughs> has given us no, an answer. No. So those two it on the MLS side, okay. on so the on the international side. You know, obviously Queens Park Rangers and Luton yeah, Town are near course. to dear to me because yes. they gave me my start, my opportunity to play. So and you're perfect for permanent relegation. <laughs> this is good. You make yeah. you're up and you come back down. <laughs> I so know. This is good. I know. Okay. Um, and Ray Wilkins, who was my coach at Queens Park Rangers, okay. ended up being an assistant coach uh, for Chelsea for a number of years. Yep. So Chelsea's kind of enjoy. Watching Chelsea play. I can root for Chelsea. I can't. I mean, okay. Can't, you can't root for Chelsea. No. No. So, no. You know what? So Chelsea and Bayern Munich are my teams. Oh, Bayern Munich. My wife, yeah. Is, yeah. my wife might be the m- newest Bayern Munich fan. She didn't. Jesus. She didn't know exactly who to root for. She was like, you know, you guys all have your club teams, and you, you love those. And when it comes to Champions League, we're down at Chatham Tap, and uh, we're down there. And generally, I'm always there with Gijo and or yeah. um, oh, big Real guys, obviously. Yeah. So, and she's like, you know, and you guys always have that, and. I need to figure out what team I'm going to be. And then so she started, uh, she was going to go by Keeper. I'm like, well, why don't you go by Casillas? And she's like, no. And she's like, I've always been a big fan of Germany. Right. It's like I've always been, (laughs) she's been a big uh, German goalkeeper fan. So she, Oliver Connors, her favorite player ever in the history of ever. So she's like, yep, I think it's going to be Bayern Munich. I was like, (laughs) good choice. Well, I like Bayern because Jurgen Klinsmann was there. But then like Martin Vasquez, he brought Martin over as an assistant coach. And a couple other Americans were over there as well. I was like, yeah. you know what? That's pretty cool for a big storied club like that yeah. to kind of have the faith to bring a couple American guys over there. So, so I kind of threw my my legiancy over there a little bit. Oh. Mm. <laughs> He's still stinging. He's still, still stinging from last hurts. year. Plus, Munich's a great town. I've been there a couple times. A lot of fun for Oktoberfest. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure. Get I'm there sure. if you can. I wonder why. Ooh, that was a good goal right well, there. Was that? No, nah, well, I got a little league world it? series. Who is this right That's here? Dirty Man City. Yeah, it is. Ugh. Oh, yeah, today. They they, they came out it well. Was, under new uh, coach. 4 0, I think. Yep. Almost as good as Barcelona yesterday. 5 0. No. No, it was 7. 7. Sudden. It was 6 0. No, yeah, versus Newcastle. Yeah, 4 0. Yeah, oh. oh, wait a minute. It was 7. No. It was 7 0. It was 6 0 oh. in the first half. No, I'm right. just excited about our team because, like, the Man City piece, like, Claudia <laughs> yeah. Reyna's oh, yeah. taken over Man City in New York as their kind of technical director, obviously a teammate of mine. Do they have a name for that team yet? Or? I think it's done. Not that I've heard. No. Not that I've heard yet. But, you know, I just like the potential that we have as we grow and yeah. kind of move forward that, you know, hopefully someday we'll kind of, whether it's the NASL and the MLS coming together. Yeah. What, what's your, like, what is your goal? I know, that, I know we, all, we talked about what Peter's goal is. Oh, oh no. sorry. Yeah, we talked about what Peter's goal is. But 
you know, what's your goal? You know, are you wanting to stay long term for this to see it out through after? Like, you know, are you, he's going to say no one year and I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Think he's going to say he's going to the pros. He's like, like I'm, I'm dropping it. I'm going I'm to go perfect. Yes. And then they're going to say, you know what? You should go you take go over the Cheltenham Hotspurs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that'll happen. But I see the uh, kind of like the American League and National League in baseball. I can yeah. see the uh, the NASL and the MLS kind of coming together to some. Sure. Thank you to some point in the future. We've got to we've got to kind of keep our eyes to the ground, so to speak, and and uh, with the NESL, what we're doing with our team, and to kind of be the best we can be. Hopefully, win a couple championships in the NESL. We've got to do well here before we can kind of look beyond that. But I think we're on everybody's radar, no matter what. If we're getting the attention of MLS, that's great, and that's an ownership decision because there's a lot of business points yeah. that are more beneficial to us being in NESL than MLS. But if we're doing our job correctly and we got the right kind of players on the field, handle what they'll handle their that, that and that'll take care of itself. Care of but team, I think right? the NASL is doing a lot of great things, yeah. a lot of great new teams coming into the league. Terrific opportunity for us here in Indy. If we can grow that and we get knocked on the door by MLS or others, then I think that's great. I got a, I got a two-part question here. Uh-oh. 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 All right. Part one. This is Part the most one. active Popper has been. <laughs> yes, this like, really is. He's, he's, uh Peter Wilt. All right, so <laughs> do, you, do you ever – do you know – obviously you know Ricky Gervais, right? Have you ever seen the Ricky Gervais show? Yeah. Do you know who Carl Pilkington is? A little bit. All right, so mm-hmm. this is yeah. generally our Carl Pilkington <laughs> who kind of sits – the idiot abroad type deal. He generally doesn't say a lot. When he says stuff, you go – I like to say it's hilarious. He's our silent Bob. He kind of does say something. It's very important and and poignant. And you're like, holy shit. So two part question. Two parts. The first question is, um, now with the MLS broken into like an East and West, should they just go one division like the rest of the world with the, you know, getting relegated and promoted? Now you think the NASL should be part of that, you know, top three teams move up to the MLS, the bottom three teams move down. How do you feel about that? Now the second part is, Uh Damn, that was a two-part right, question. Let me answer yeah. the first yeah, part, because I'll, <laughs> I'll forget the second part. <laughs> at least he's honest. It's I'm all right. Honest. At least he's honest. The difference between the U.S. and just, say, Italy, Germany, Spain, England is the size of the country. Yeah. So the battle that the MLS has just on their own is a travel from sure. the East Coast to West Coast. It's yep. it's a lot. and it's what, a, it five hours? Three hours. Something? Three hours. Three hours total? Okay. Yeah, it's a long haul, but you start to you throw in the well, open. Hawaii. Is it, what team is in Hawaii? They could get a team. Do they have a team in Hawaii? <laughs> they could. Or Alaska? Well, just Maybe. About he's basically just uh, uh, he's, he's proving our point. <laughs> but what we're starting to see in this country is the Open Cup, you know, the CONCACAF Champions League, the MLS games. So you're starting to see a schedule very similar to what you're seeing in Europe, a Wednesday game, a yeah. Saturday-Sunday game. Yeah. And now you're starting right. to throw in West Coast, East Coast travel. It is brutal and it's expensive. Yeah. So that would be the biggest part that I'd say, well, it's a little bit difficult to do. The um, – you know, the two leagues, the East and the West, I think makes some sense because it keeps that travel kind of compact, yeah. creates the rivalries that you want on the East Coast, the West Coast, and then it's, it kind of brings it together a little bit when you get into the kind of the playoffs and the yeah. championship format. So I think that works. Uh, for the NESL, uh, they're really working on expanding West. I think as we're seeing Oklahoma City come in, uh, obviously Jacksonville, Florida in 2015, but they're working on some West Coast teams. Yeah. Um, there's talk that, from what I heard, that FIFA actually came in and suggested that we get to a point in the future that we do have promotion and relegation here in the U.S. So oh, wow. that could be a format where we see MLS and ASL really starting to work together that we have that promotion and relegation yeah. system. For me, 
So relegation would be like NASL and then up to up to MLS. But almost work it like where it's east and west. The east but the owners of the MLS teams, side. obviously, with what they've invested, they don't want to see right. promotion relegation. So from a business and a legal standpoint, it'd be very hard to do. But I think from a sports standpoint, it'd be very unique to the sports yeah. landscape in the United States, and would really You're set soccer that, apart yeah. from anything else. Well, competition-wise, I mean, you would love to see that if with just baseball. Yeah. Major and minor leagues. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Cubs know. can just be relegated every year <laughs> yeah, after much. May. Yeah. May. They are now <laughs> mathematically <laughs> eliminated from the first league <laughs> from MLB. Exactly. But it'd be interesting to see if, if we kind of move in that direction. There's been some suggestion that FIFA's putting that forward almost mm-hmm. as a mandate for the U.S. to do that. Whether or not we follow that mandate, there's a lot of, you know, law that goes into business law with these right. entities that whether we can do that or not but would be interesting to see if we could pull that off well you okay. almost feel too that that could give some credibility to american mm. soccer where it's like okay now you know the u.s is just like everywhere else in the world where you've got the promotion and relegation now you're playing in these now you can probably play in these tournaments where u.s plays overseas with some of the high-end tournaments of, of doing things like that too yeah i you know at this point i i kind of feel like to the good majority i kind of feel like mls still at this point even though we we know mls teams yeah. we know players on mls teams right. but a lot of them they know la galaxy new york red bull well yeah that's fine but but you look at in this champions cup didn't really do anything to help that <laughs> cause it was again and, and i right. think it's it's honestly i think it negatively affected LA because you looked at when they just played um, was uh, who's the last game it wasn't Houston was it? no Dallas mm-hmm. and that game last week it was uh, was it last week it was Landon Donovan scored a hat trick it was ridiculous but you could tell they're just tired yeah. they literally have gone through and played so much because they're being asked by MLS hey we want you because you guys right. win you right. win we want you to do this we want you to do this we want you you go you're wearing one team out way more than others and you just kind of got to go some of these other guys go man, we don't get any play. Like, most people don't even know we have a team. Right. So, and that's, when you talk about the relegation piece, I go, I don't think we're anywhere remotely close to that just because some of these teams barely even have fanfare. You right. Know? And so, some of the investors that have kind of carried the league for a long time, you know, the Hunt family, the Kraft family, yeah. you know, Phil Anschutz with AEG, these guys have invested a lot of money in the league and multiple teams to kind of get us to where we are yeah. today. And then to ask them to turn around and... <laughs> Subject themselves to relegation and lose more money. You guys suck enough, you're yeah. going to lose money. We I mean, there are losing. most teams are already losing yeah, a lot right. of money. So to ask them to lose even more and kind of take a step down to another level, it, it's a tough ask. And I don't think we're there yet. Right. Um, I think the NASL will really have to kind of strut their stuff and really grow and show and create some new markets. So we're starting to see that with Oklahoma City coming in, Jacksonville. There's talk. You're Isn't seeing it, Sacramento uh, getting promoted no, now. Thought, uh, is Orlando going straight to the MLS, or are they doing? That's what there? they say. That's okay. you know, so they're going from a USL Pro franchise straight to an MLS. They're but good though. It de- yeah, they w- it depends on the ownership group and. Uh, but saying that, you see a lot of U.S. kind of investment money, even mm-hmm. owning Eng- English Premier League teams. You know, you look at Liverpool and Manchester United. Right. So there's a lot of uh, even Roma. You know, there's an investment group out of Seattle that owns that team. Right. That's an American group. So Brian Klein's on the U.S. Soccer Foundation board with me, and he's part of that group. And it's great to see our, you know, our investors really sure. capitalizing on those well, investments. Fulham, somebody over here just bought Fulham. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. owner, right? Yeah. Can't remember yeah, he his likes, name. He figures the Jaguars are that terrible. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna go by full. He actually sent out Fulham's like a, a mid-table team. They st- they finished up. Yeah. Up. yeah so hey, what was your what was your part two? 
Part two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Still didn't forget that question. Yeah. Now, um, you said in sports, you know, how you have the East Coast, West Coast. Now, with Indy 11 coming in, you know, you probably heard rumors that people want to say, you know, the Cosmos are going to be your rivals. Now, do you think this is going to be one initially from the, uh, from the first year? Do you think that's going to be something you're going to have to, you know, mature and grow as, the, as, you know, the years go by? Do you see a team that could be a rival to you guys? You know what? There's not going to be that many teams Who in the league even next for? year. <laughs> you know, we're gunning to put the best team on the field we can, and I think everybody's going to be our rivals because we're going to be the new kids on the yeah. block that they're going to want to kick around because they're thinking, well, we don't really have a lot of quality players. We, You know, our organization doesn't have any experience. So the league's small enough that I don't think we've – you know, you're going to generate – yeah, yeah, until we get four or five seasons under our belt where we start to kind of find – Folks that were fist fights and starting having red a fist fights and <laughs> the have you shoot no. hooligans. But see, that's what that's what gets lost here. Rivals don't just happen; they happen right. because it's two teams that are very uh, that tend very to match talent. up. Yeah, they, they match, match up, up well, evenly and see each other in the playoffs. Great talent, and, right? And they and they constantly get together and they make incredible games that are memorable. And you go, right. that's what causes a rival, yeah. not just because. You're going to be my rival. Well, you're not even on our level. So right. it's not a rivalry. Right. We kick your ass every single time. So I, right. You so know the me. first year right. for us is to get yeah. out there and kind of see where the level is of the play. I mean, we've yeah. been watching games, so we kind of know what the level of play and the caliber of the players. Until we get out there with our team and start to compete, you really won't know till you're kind of in the mix and in the flow. So that first year will be a nice test for us to see where Try. we are with our team and right. know what we have to do to improve the team. Or like so. you and like these guys over here. Who the Jets, who remember for years, kept saying, "Oh yeah, we're the rival of the Patriots, and we're going to get it." And it's like, no, no man, no. you just <laughs> got your ass whooped over and over. Just shh, Mark Sanchez. So, <laughs> no, it's a uh, good what's point. It? Rex Ryan. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things too, where you know, what kind of obviously you're wanting an electric atmosphere, and, and you're wanting, you know, the Brickyard Battalion are doing a, a fantastic job of that grassroots, just like Portland, where it, everything with Portland was grassroots from the ground up, and now you see Andrew this. Andrew Carey, this, Xbox. That, that's Seattle. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shit. Rock team. Close. There we go. Close. But, no, you do have that, gra- that, that uh, grassroots movement. What kind of... I guess what kind of things are you wanting to see from the fans? What kind of things are you are you hoping to see, that, you know, Green further Street on? Green hooligans. <laughs> That's yeah. what he wants. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, the f- set fires and flares and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Vuvuzelas and everything. Uh, no. 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 no, never. <laughs> flares are good. Vuvuzelas, no so good. <laughs> They're going to allow flares in the state. What? What about a vuvuzela <laughs> that shoots out sparks? Flares. That's called a rum and candle. Yeah. <laughs> that you just make your own noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. yeah so what yeah. do you want from us? What do you want from us? Streaking. We can do that. Hey. Alex, will you be I've your been part of a couple streaking. I could be on the team. I'm still fast. Watch me. <laughs> I'm naked. I'm going to put my field. boots on and run a 440. <laughs> no, I think for us, you know, just have an engaging group of fans that, you know, obviously the chance help, but just really kind of getting behind the team. I think the Brickyard Battalion is doing a great job. I think I don't even know what their number is, 2,500 now and growing yeah. uh, somewhere in that you ballpark. Here. Yeah, four. I don't know. Four. Are you a member yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did no, he it was. finally. No, he was on the, uh, actually on the live on the show. He registered from his phone. No, he actually no, didn't do it. Oh, you ended yeah. up doing it. I didn't think you got it done. I did. Okay. took a while. With his, yeah, with his phone, it's all. He yeah. got busted out. Um, he's you know, on the Brickyard Battalion show. And they're like, so we're all members, right? He's like, yeah. And Alex is real quiet. He's like, are you a member? He goes, 
No, not <laughs> yet. And then they go, you have a phone, don't you? And he goes, yeah. But it's busted like in <laughs> 72 different spots. So he pulls it Man. out and he goes ahead and does it. So anyway, sorry. Good for you. Good for I, do, I do like that you have that on your Twitter page too, that, that you are a Brickyard Battalion member. You're like, you're like uh, any 11 coach, Brickyard Battalion member. Hey, I'm the coach, but I'm a fan too. You know, I want to see the game grow. I want to see everybody have fun at the game, uh, really get behind the team because – Having that 12th man on the bench, so to speak, is and you know it does a lot of other things for us too. It really kind of puts us on the radar for the city as we kind of talk about the stadium piece and other international games, and it's exciting for the players. You know, I was a player, and I know I love playing for for a team that had fans that wanted to come to the games, that supported the team, and it's going to be a lot easier for me to recruit higher level players that know that we have a an audience that really cares and gets behind the team. And we talked about Seattle, Portland, but those guys were in that business for a long time before MLS. Yeah. You know, they were in the NASL back in the days where they were putting, two, you know, 2,000, 10,000, 15,000 people in the stands and slowly building that. That just didn't happen overnight. Right. That was there for a long time. And we've kind of had a spotty past in Indianapolis, you know, with the, you know, with the twister. Yeah. Blaze, blast. <laughs> right. So, yeah. we've, you know, we've got a lot to prove here. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on me and our organization to do it right and really get a great product out there. I don't want another, you know, kind of half-ass effort, so right. to speak. So we need a really good effort to make it stick and make it meaningful because, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of fans and the expectation is there's a lot of good soccer out there. People know what it looks like. A lot of good players from Indiana, and they, you know, they want to see something on the field that resembles that. So we're going to try to achieve that as quickly as we can. How, how do you feel about what they're talking about doing with with, with Carroll down there? What do you, what do you think stadium-wise? Like, how do Bringing you feel? in the removal of bleachers and things like that? Yeah. Do you do you think it's going to make anything unique, or are, are they? It's hard to say. To, it's hard to make that place unique. You know, given yeah. you know the relationship with the university, their demands for their track and field team and their soccer team. We're going to be able to make some adjustments to it to kind of give it more of an intimate feel yeah. and create an atmosphere that, you know, our fans will want. But at right. the end of the day, you know, we're really pushing for a soccer-specific stadium downtown Indianapolis. And I think we're pretty close to it. we got a lot of great support both from the city and, and our supporters. And, you know, I think if we can have a strong showing at our games in year one, that's definitely going to help yeah. us say, hey, there is a demand here for the game. Oh, right. we, we saw that with the Chelsea Inter Milan game that yeah. we're going to start to get like more that. international games. And it'd be nice instead of going into Lucas Oil, we could go into our own stadium and really pack it out and create we a really. Just tear down Coons and build that up. Man, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to take the fifth on that He's one. Like, I can't say much. <laughs> I think wow. this is an audio podcast and not a, yeah. not, not a video. I mean, that, that, yeah, because no, that wait. face he was, was like, mm. <laughs> Here's the sound it made. If, if, if his face made a noise, it was this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, wait. Or, you know, just take across the street from there. Yeah, old, old Bush Stadium. No, they're building condos there. Yeah, oh, they are. They're condos now. I think oh, the great. game and, and uh, kind of the uh, expectations of the fan are so far above what Koontz is and was. I mean, it was yeah. a great facility at that time. Yeah. But I think the modern fan today wants more from an entertainment, yeah. facilities, food, beverage. Of it, do you think the way that Seattle runs there is you think Lucas, I mean, you guys could do that Lucas Oil, like shut down certain parts of the stadium? keep a certain area open for the for the crowd i think in time we could do that not in the year not in the first yeah. couple of years because it's we still have to grow it and build it and develop it obviously seattle's uh you know has had their sounders team there for a long okay. time so it has some history um where we don't so we we're going to have to build that up that is definitely an option that's on the table for us and it's been presented 
but I don't think we want to go into that big of an environment. I think we'd rather be smaller and be more intimate and kind of seen as kind of growing and needing new new space, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd well, like to think if we had an 18 to 20,000 seat stadium in the NASL, I think we could pack that place yeah. and it'd be yeah. a great environment. I'd rather have a better environment with smaller stadia than right. be in Lucas Oil with 20,000 people. Peter, Peter said it. He wants to be able to have a place where he doesn't want the La Liga stance, which is uh, ridiculously priced tickets that are impossible <laughs> to get. He, can go to, he wants to be more of what's been going on Bundesliga, which is, you know what, we want to pack stadiums. It, it, even and we'll sell for cheaper, tickets. right? You know what? Let's let's give these ways because there's people that are in the common, people that don't have a ton of money, that maybe invested. Well, and in our case, maybe invested in another team. They maybe invested right. in the Colts, which are going to. If you've not looked or at one Colts ticket, shit, way up in section yeah. four or five hundred, <laughs> that shit is still $65. ridiculous. <laughs> right? Exactly. This guy's first time at Lucas Oil was at the Chelsea. Interview. Oh, really? I've seen from the outside. But I haven't gone in just right. because you know I'm it's not going to pay for Colts tickets, <laughs> right? But it was that, and the fact that they were serving local beer. They had Flat 12 and Sun King there, and that was amazing. <laughs> so it was, it's one of those where they're invested there, and you go, oh, these, you know, these, the down payment for the season tickets was 25 bucks. Reasonable. And they're looking at, right, 125 to basically 350 I think it was like total for the entire season, depending on where you were, or 300 125 you, is one Colts game plus You go, food. wait a minute, and that's absolutely amazing. Right. And you go, granted, it shouldn't be the high. It's our first season. Let's see what happens. But... I think his philosophy of let's just get people there and let them see the product. And right. the product will speak for itself is fantastic. Yes. So I, I don't know. I'm just I'm excited, I guess. The venue is going to be really, really good. I think either way, it starts with us as fans. Right. We've got to spread the we're word. We're going to make the venue. And yeah. Like we right. were in Portland, and the food trucks that were around Portland yes. oh, are a lot of fun. They were awesome. I said that about. I asked this Peter. This is going to be, gonna be really cool, have, Peter. We're going to be able to have those out there. You know, Taylor, he goes, but the problem is, is where they're playing. Campus, damn you, IUPUI. IUPUI, because they have licenses. They have their own food and whatever. That it's going to be difficult to Bunch have food in there. I said yes, but can they control outside of the stadium to have all the food trucks? Because we have an incredible food truck contingency here. We do. It's awesome. Oh. It's great. So, so which one do you like? We need to work on that uh, that food truck month since we did local beer month. That we do. That's going to be all you. Okay, so if you, I got uh, since you're a big fan of food trucks, is there a certain one that you like to enjoy? Is it the pretzel wagon that's out there? Dirt pretzel wagon. Pretzel wagon. Oh, man. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that one when <laughs> I, that thing comes I rolling around. I couldn't imagine why. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, weird. Let's see. His hmm. parents owned a food No, there's bakery. a lot of good ones. We were in Portland, and we probably ate there more than we should have and our kids just kind of <laughs> loved it you know just yeah. to float around but i know peter's really working hard to kind of make that happen create something different a little bit right. unique and we've got a great assortment of those here in the city of indianapolis so that'll be a lot of fun to oh, get yeah. those he guys out there it, local breweries right. like if black acres that he yeah. goes to on the east side yeah, if we're able to get even those local guys in there some triton or sun king or flat 12 or any you know fountain square or anything just get any those beer. guys in to go this would be you make a grassroots movement on a team with local beer local food and you go we're doing it going here you know? right. yeah, we're right. going ham with <laughs> the dirt pretzel wagon <laughs> exactly uh, you know piggybacking it's better on top than spam I guess <laughs> that, that's, for that, spam that's for that Hawaii, that's oh, for the Hawaiian team you know what right when yeah. they open up a team in Honolulu you there should, it is the spam we, team spam and pineapple <laughs> sandwiches open a food truck and that poi. just handles uh, oh, pork oh, products oh. and call it call the food truck we're going ham we're going ham I got. I live yeah, with two chefs. chefs. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. Yeah. Uh, but piggybacking on top of the uh, the turnout to Lucas and you know the, the support that Indian Eleven has, 
and I don't know if this is in your realm of, of expertise, but is there any chance of getting a national game to be played in Indianapolis? Because I don't like going to Columbus. I'm a big <laughs> Ohio fan. But, dude, Lucas Oil can handle it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Well, yeah. if they get the grass laid earlier – Oh because my god, in the that international gra- cup. It was uh, Did you look at it? Yeah, it was, was bad. It looked a little <laughs> dodgy. It was dodgy, dude. Was dodgy. I was kind of afraid for some of them sketchy. dudes. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, Mata's going to rip his ACL and we're never going to hear the end of it." Yeah, there was a little grief on the player side that was expressed and Sure. You know, going back, good question. Yeah, we'd love to have those games here, but you know, where the MLS started from the initial investors that really came in and carried the league for a long time. Um you know, like the Hunt family, uh, you know, I know Columbus has sold recently, but they're rewarding those folks with international games, oh, yeah. you know, for what they put into the league to really take sure. it to where it is today. Right. Can we do that in Indianapolis? Absolutely. Uh, at Lucas Oil, it's difficult on field turf because the field turf that Lucas Oil has. Plays a lot quicker. Well, it's, I guess we had a specialist come in and test the field turf and. It's really built for the Colts and for the yeah. NFL football. Right. So when you do all the – the FIFA has a kind of a, a metrics that they come in and test field turf, and it can get, you know, one to five stars based on the quality of the turf and the way it, it plays. one star. It didn't even get one star. Oh, shit. Oh, even though it, it's a really high-end high, high end <laughs> field turf field, but it's built with the, with the internal ingredients, the sand and the rubber pellets to play for the NFL and it, it doesn't really tend itself to play well for soccer. So the international community is kind of turned against that kind of artificial surface. And that newer turf with the pellets and well, all that Well, just turf stuff. in general. They want natural grass. So right. that's why it's in Columbus because it's natural grass, smaller venue. Or KC. Yeah, or KC. And, and uh, you know, Mexico's used to going places and playing in front of 100,000 people. They feel a little uncomfortable when they come into Columbus and it's 18 or 20. And they're right on top of you? Yeah. So I think that makes a difference, though, because, like you said, they're playing, you know, international games in Columbus and KC, which should give the home field advantage because if you're playing a game against Mexico and L.A., Right. That home field advantage is straight out the door. <laughs> it's no straight problem. out the window. That's why no, it's coming to Columbus in September. Anywhere in South Texas or yeah, wherever. Texas, yeah, exactly. You play Houston. Or, yeah, no, but if we had our own stadium like here yeah. in Indianapolis and we have a 20,000-seat stadium, I would think at That'd a minimum. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll start to get those games. But, you know, we got to do our part. We've got to build our legacy here. we got to show our commitment to the game of soccer. And we'll start to get some of those national team games. And, you know, I'm happy to go out there and lobby with U.S. soccer for women's national team games and the men's I'll national team see games. Women's national game. Why not? Uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> of course you will. I mean, it's they. They literally team. have. I would say this this movement of the of of the national teams and of soccer in general. I think really, it can't be overstated how important the, the women's national team has been i mean the success it's absolutely you know, we talked about this at the beginning it's about success yeah. and they had incredible success in from 99 you know even a little bit before, oh, before that yeah, yeah right. exactly right so it is it's amazing that it's like now they've actually have a completely different problem than the you the, the men's national team or anybody else which is they're expected to win, which is like the weirdest thing to think of. A soccer team in the United States is expected to win everything they play. Without a domestic league. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, well until recently. Time, until recently. Right. Is this the third time they tried a league or something like that? Second yeah. time, I Second think, time. right? Yeah. yeah. But they're winning the international stuff without right. any formal domestic yeah. league. Where we're the other way. We have the domestic league, but we can't win anything significant on the international side. So, so we that had goes, that run out of the Confederation Cup in 09. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes to. Uh-oh. 
No, that goes to it's it's kind of a it's a geopolitical thing where you look at that there has been because of women's suffrage, there has been a difference where women's sports have been able to develop and you have things like WNBA, which right. honestly continues to get more and more success every year. People thought In ten years ago champions. Yeah. Ten, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that as soon as it started, it was going to fail. Five years later, it's still going to fail. Ten years later, it's still going to fail. And here you go. Now, at this point, still there. And you have an ability where women are playing sports where I think internationally you have a lot of countries where there's not a a big ploy for a lot of big-time women's sports. It's not the same as it is here. I, I mean, your parents came from Germany, and you hear that, but do you have a lot of big German women's teams I mean, big time, like leagues. Do you have big time Actually, leagues over the there? Actually, BPL has a females version. Right, of it. I know that. But they so. do. Uh, you know, I I don't know what they have in Germany, but I know Peter and I have talked about here with the Indy Eleven that you know we're going to look down the road the at women's a professional team. women's team here as well and kind of do double header. So <laughs> there are some women I hope here not. that can. Yeah, I was going to say, wait not. a minute, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there was some women. I'm telling you, the women coach, talent. And if you ever play, switches over. Dude knows about playing that off the wall. is now yes. the women's team coach. Yeah. Dude, no, no the ladies that play it off the wall can ball with the guys on co on yeah, Sunday nights. Nice. There were some girls that put shit in top 90 and indoor that make these dudes and you just go, I will never play against her ever. Like there's, dude. No, no, there's some. No, there's some great talent. I would say there is some great talent, and we're looking for that. I, I'm not going to steal Peter's thunder here, but. Oh man! They're looking at they're looking at they're looking at some sponsorship for kind of a current women's team here in the city of Indianapolis. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. But it's definitely on our radar to kind of do something here with the women's team, and and uh, we need to get our obviously our ship in order and up and running. And but uh, you know the talk of a women's team here in the city of Indianapolis is something that if we had a stadium, you got three trainers. Well. Oh, here we go. Someone who helps coach the the girls' women's soccer team, I can get you in contact with somebody who's played at a semi high level Uh-oh, for, for, for <laughs> exactly right. Is he sneaking in the back door yeah, or what? Right so. there, yeah. <laughs> We're in the bounty point. Uh oh, that's a you double meeting. No, <laughs> Where's Holly from Black Acre? Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. a lot of parking in the back. Right, so the rear. All right, and uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask him that we yeah. talked about. So, obviously, you're scouting a team. If you had no budget, you could spend as much money as you wanted to. Your dream 11, regardless of money-wise. Oh or be, or oh. time. This, oh, this is living or dead? Can we do living or dead? Yeah, sure. I, right. I'm, I'm not going to confine you to just today. I would go, I mean, you're... You've seen a lot of uh, soccer. You you're watch a you're lot. in summer in a uh, goal. <laughs> <laughs> and then me, as uh, with really, really good speed, I'm going to put myself as striker. <laughs> I'm going to be midfield. I'm going to be all of it. Okay. Man, there's a lot of good players, multiple generations to go back so from. Favorite so, favorite goalkeeper yeah. of all time. Other than yourself. Right. <laughs> you know, it's hard for me because I'll just go against guys that I played. Like Peter Schmeichel at Manchester United was a great goalkeeper. Got to play against him a couple times. And oh, that dang. Dude, that guy was unbelievable. Yeah, he just brought he brought a lot I'm of games. I'm still mad at him for the 99 Champions League final <laughs> when they beat Bayern. Would you <laughs> run this dude? What? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Dude, Manchester United came back in like the last three minutes and won that shit. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he yep. was an animal. He was a 
great competitor. And it is. <laughs> but I don't know. I'd, I'd have to kind of sit down and kind of get my list together. But you, know, right, you can tweet us tomorrow. Just a, about no, just it. a quick. I just want to quick. Guys like Chris Waddle, Eric yeah. Cantona, and okay. guys that were tremendous at that time. You know, you look at Ribery now and Scarface. Really? Scar- Scarface. I don't see, see that. I'll see you that type of guy. No, so yeah, I, I like how he, he goes and makes fun of somebody's face, no. but then his favorite player is a midget. No, he's four he times the best player in the world. <laughs> no, no, he didn't just win. Yeah, he did. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> it had no Google that shit. I hate that. And that's BS. <laughs> that, that messy you know one again. Right. You know it's right. You know it's right. Guys like Brian McBride, too, that I got a lot of respect you know, for. I mean, he's absolutely. he was a workhorse you know, for us, and I played with him at the crew for a while, and then uh, I went back to England when I played for Bolton for a while. Then he was really kind of cutting his yep. teeth at North End and then went to Fulham uh, and then played for Bruce Arena. Was it the 2002 World Cup that he really broke out? Man, yeah. that guy was oh, a workhorse, yes. you know, and great to see him have a great career. And, you know, there's a lot of great U.S. players that went on. That was the first time people were really hearing about Donovan and Beasley were yeah, on there. Right, and these young right. guys. Oh, the young wow. guys. And there was McBride and you go. How about that Portugal game where they just kind of blew everybody up? And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge Luis Figo guy. And that, that game, I was obviously, I loved it. It was, it was, it was in South Korea. Um, that was shocking all right there. Like Nobody expected that. I was, that. I, I was in Toledo, Ohio, and I'm watching that game, and I'm going, you know what? I, I love the U.S., and I think they're going to do okay. And I'm going, but this was the golden. This was the the golden right, you know, right. generation. I was like, you had those guys. There's just no way, you know. And I watched that game, and I went, "What in the shit is happening?" <laughs> right. I, I thought the same is, thing, and I was like, uh, you know what? This is great, great for U.S. soccer worldwide to have it on that that stage, yeah. that platform, because you know those amazing. guys come. To, I've been to two World Cups, and when those guys come, they come to play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. there's a I lot at stake. Uh, Ninety eight in France. 98 in France, which was not a great experience, yeah. but, you know, 94 <laughs> was better. But sure. those guys come to play. There's, yeah. you know, they're playing for contracts. Yep. They're playing to win the World Cup. And yeah. you're playing the best of the best at their best. And those guys were just blown away with our team. And yeah. I thought Bruce Arena did a great job with the yeah. team he put on the field, the the style he approached he the game. He has a surprised look on his face, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we did it. Right. <laughs> I mean, we took Germany yeah. to the wire, no, too. You yeah. know, yes. that was very questionable. And, uh, you know, could have looked a lot different had that result gone a different way. But, you know, so there's a lot of great U.S. guys out there that really have put a lot of time on the field that, you know, you want to give some props to, you know. What would you tell someone that was born in the U.S., uh, grew up in the U.S., but still decides to root for someone like Brazil if Brazil were to play against the U.S.? Man, that's terrible. You just want to throw <laughs> that guy out. I would, say, I would say he's got no shot in September for trying out for India. Absolutely 11. not. His resume has just been pulled. <laughs> Over 30, roots from Brazil instead of the U.S. Yeah. As Kenny Powers would say, you're fucking out. You're done. <laughs> you're done, dude. They got wow. attractive football, man. Yeah. Wow. They got attractive fo- and it, I like how he doesn't even retract it. He's like, what? They got he just went on the football. transfer list without even being on the team. <laughs> You know we'll take a that. bag of balls and two cones for this guy. <laughs> that needs to be your Twitter profile. <laughs> bag of balls and two Co- cones. Coach Summer said that he would two trade cones? a bag. Exactly, two, two cones. cones. That's new new name, fantasy two cones. football team. Two cones. two cones, one ball of bags. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. I couldn't have asked for a better soundbite, to be honest. 
I mean, dude, you just get shit <laughs> shit on. I'll take that deal all day if somebody gives it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, without even touching one ball, I get a bag of balls. A bag of and two cones. Two cones. Dude, that's high trade value for a Belizean. Two cones. The crazy thing is two cones isn't even enough to actually do any kind of work. It's a goal. Did you totally miss this? I said that's a really high trade value for a Belizean. Hey, they're looking for balls and cones for the national team. That could be a transfer record over there. A whole bag? That would make that would make front page papers over Belize. It's Savien. Let's do it. Oh my God. Anyway, wow. This just there it is. I was wondering how long it's going to take. Now we're going. So, so we have an event next week here. Or no, it's this week. Wednesday. Jeez. This time just flies by, man. It's ridiculous. So Wednesday, which is called Build. The build the Brick House. Build the Brick House. So we're going to have the Brickyard Battalion guys. We're going to have some Indy 11 guys. You're going to be here. Correct. Again. And, and the whole point of this is? Just kind of answer questions, kind of get in front of the fans, kind of put a face to the name and kind of let them know what we're all about. Kind of most recent uh, kind of activities within our front office and within the coaching staff and uh, you know, obviously I think I'm tryouts. That day, they had me closing. I uh, I'm either getting that's my... on the internet now. Oh, Shit. I'm not calling. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Just covering Go ahead. topics for the fans that they kind of want to know about. Where are we today? What are we looking at in the next couple of weeks? And kind of how are things shaping are up? Kind of the state of the union. At the game, you probably. I don't that think so. There. What's the worst question that you've ever gotten from one of these things? Wait a minute. We're not even done with it. It's, so it's from 7 to 9. Jesus. Can we, no, I'm just can curious. Finish up with, what are the this is important. That night? Is that martini night? No, Wednesday. Well, that's karaoke night. Wednesday. Nope. What? I think it's oh, that starts after karaoke 9. Karaoke is after. Starts after so you 9. Are you going to karaoke? Yeah, you do karaoke. I'll try. What's your I'll karaoke try. song? What's your go-to song? <laughs> Quick. i got to find a country song Anything in Donna Summer. Oh, I thought you were going to no, say. No, Donna Summer. No. He looks more like a Brad Paisley. Actually, he's a Bob Seger, turn the page. Wrong. Actually, he would be a huge David Hasselhoff fan. Yes. Germans love David Hasselhoff. Yes. They do. <laughs> Stereotype met. Yes. Michael Knight, do it for me. Anyway. That's right. Um, oh, my God. So, that, so it's <laughs> 7 and 9. That just happened. Yeah. It's <laughs> we are never getting invited to anywhere. So <laughs> it's 7 and 9. I was, I, was, I was maybe hoping for some swag or something. Jurgen's like, you Oh, you have seized the tickets? Yeah, I just got those revoked. You're <laughs> yeah, not coming yeah, to the game. to the bag and two cones. <laughs> Here, put them the up in the top two. row. That's, hey, the top row where you can't see anything behind a post is now called the bag and two cones. <laughs> dude, we're going to get a banner. The two bagger club. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, dude, I want That's that. I want, I want a banner, the bag and two cones. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex is going to be the main person. So. President and right. vice president. So anyway. <laughs> I'm not only the president. I'm a member. High five. High five. <laughs> Right. So anyways, all right, so that was it. So 7 to 9, uh, come up if you have an RSVP'd. I guess it's probably too late, or do they have a few Just spots? Just show up. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, there we go, yeah. It's uh, out the door, the straight right. back. Yeah. Be right back, as far as you can right. go. All right. We'll keep You're it going. Good. All right, keep oh, it no. Right We're going to talk about all types of other crazy stuff. Yes. <laughs> crazy Germans. That dude is massive. Germans can't hold their beer, apparently. No, apparently not. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's got some dope Nikes on them. <laughs> Is he wearing black socks, white shoes? I'm okay. No. <laughs> dude. No, dude, you said black shoes, white socks Either earlier. way, vice versa. It's still Get your shit together. Black shoes, white socks? Dude, you just totally got yourself booted off of Indy 11. <laughs> sure did. Record time for a bag of balls and two cones. <laughs> two cones. Oh, two cones. Two cones. Really? Four balls. <laughs> <laughs> that 
really needs to be your Twitter bio. Yeah. Uh, and if you wait, two can't wait, wait, wait. if you can't stop fucking focusing on Cleopatra over here every time she fucking oh, comes, trust me. And like, uh, you do. I'm not, I'm when, not, Alex, when, when Alex, when Alex is going <laughs> at you, I'll tell you this: it's not Cleopatra. Like, like he started looking at you. Yeah. And he goes, oh, excuse me, Pocahontas. No, he started looking that. at you, and Jurgen's looking at you and just kind of staring. And then also he starts snapping. You're like, oh, we're doing a podcast. Mirror? <laughs> I know, bitch. Yeah. No, that needs to be his new fantasy football team, then. What? Two cones, one bag. <laughs> <laughs> Two cones, one bag. Uh, but nobody will know what that means, but I will. Well, they wouldn't listen to the podcast. And- just like the Mark Trace. Hey, now do you remember the Mark Trace? Do you remember yes. how many people listen to the the Peter Welt podcast? Probably like a hundred plus. Yes. Yeah, so now more over a hundred people are going to know that. I Coach just got Summer. traded. He got <laughs> traded for a bag of balls and two cones. <laughs> Came and do any fucking drills with two cones, but damn it, I'm going back and forth. But we also learned that that is the highest trade value for any Belizean player. <laughs> On markets. On the market. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. But who's the most famous Belizean player ever? Fred Popper. <laughs> hey, he was oh. amateur in Germany. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah, right. Amateur. Still. Wait, why did you go? Oh yeah, like that was know. something. Yeah. I didn't know. But he that's was a wait, wait, wait. Amateur. Yes. That's because he was stationed over there. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wait. Amateur, not pro. Amateur. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Summers back. Yeah. Hey, look. He found it. He's found good. Bathroom. He's good. It's Ten pounds lighter. Got a hop in his step. Oh, dude. Did you grab a pretzel? Did you grab a pretzel grab on the pretzel. way? <laughs> no, there was no food truck outside. <laughs> uh, that's too bad. Okay, so we're going to... Yeah, we can wrap it up. Yep. So you had one other question before I went back to the uh, it's the uh, build the... Build the, the brick, house. Uh, brick house. You don't even remember it, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Twitter handle I've that had, people can I've follow you on? I've had three rail splitters tonight, so it's all right. The uh, Summer Eleven is my Twitter handle. Summer Eleven. Summer apparently, 11. That, apparently, that was like pulling teeth to get you a Twitter handle too, wasn't it? Yeah, Welcome my name's just tough. It's hard to find a good a uh, Twitter handle. Okay, that remember, works. it's not Summer like S U. It's S O. Listen, I will tell you. I've said this on Twitter before. Dirty with a U. Summer with an O. If the first time that you bring the team out and Boys of Summer doesn't play, I'm going to be really upset. It has to. Terrible. Don't to. listen to him. What else Your is gonna work? School's out for the summer. Oh <laughs> no! No, boys, of summer. No. And the Atari's version because they're from Anderson. Oh, Keep wow. it local. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. Sure. Got it. Market. Market eight, dude. I just say we play a lot of Rush. <laughs> <laughs> you it's can't just, go wrong. You can't go wrong. There's a little bit of Metallica throwing in there. No. 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 Just no. all Rush. Uh, I don't know why. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. This is just Okay. So it is. So obviously, Summer Eleven uh, on there, which is good. Um, anything else you want anybody to know out here in the interbone about, yes. you, about or the team? you or the team? The team. I just think going forward now, we have uh, you know the new tryouts coming. The second round It's kind of be the last session of our open but tryouts. Not for Alex Popper. <laughs> no, we got our bag, bag of balls, and two cones, so we're good. <laughs> Why would you say that while he's drinking? That's not even fair. <laughs> he waited. That's good timing. No, we'll, we'll keep a spot open for him if he wants to come out. But Oh, uh-oh. That's, uh, that's on the internet. Oh, that, yep. you got to come. It's a challenge. Oh, come radio. on out there. It could be radio. I'll bring my boom box. <laughs> press pass. 18D batteries. Boom. I'm in. Press pass. We'll get him press pass and he can, he can try Just out. as long as he doesn't do a runner. We had a couple runners last time, so as long oh. as he stays the course for two days, he'll be fine. I'll be yeah. all right. 
But no, just we do a last uh, looking for the local players, kind of do the last two days, uh, last two open tryouts, so to speak. So we look forward to that. But then really after that, we're kind of getting outside, kind of with our uh, with our guys that we've identified and kind of hitting the field and getting our training going. And uh, that'll be fun. It kind of makes it a little bit more real when you can kind of smell the grass and kind of get the ball under your feet, so to speak. So look forward to that. That's kind of end, end of September, going into October. Still then we'll see. Soccer weather. Still soccer weather. Yeah, we'll get see. the rain, maybe a little bit of sleet getting right, out there. Right. Dynamo's been great. Dynamo FC is kind of working with them to hopefully use their training facility on 91st Street there in college to get outside. And yeah. then uh, as we get into November, December, we'll see a lot of movement. You know, when the uh, NASL shuts down, the MLS shuts down, and then we have the international transfer window kind of at the end of December, early January. So that's kind of what we're I, looking I for. I have a question about that. Now, do you think – in the future, you guys are going to get onto the European schedule of starting in August, taking the you know the two weeks off in December and then start back up at the beginning of the year. Because, like you spoke earlier, that with the MLS, it's more of a you know a spring, summer, and a little bit of fall session. Right. You think that could be something that the U.S. game can transition to over, maybe in a couple of years? New York couldn't. It's hard because FIFA's asked us to uh, do that on a number of occasions, but the you know the competitive pieces, you know the other major league sports that are out there, you like know the, the NFL, NFL, you know the NBA, at the same time. Right, right, and baseball. Remember, there's only one NFL. Yeah. And really, when you cares about it, when you look at all the fantasy, when you look when you look at all the pro teams around Europe that are built, yeah. they don't have the challenges we do because yeah, really their money comes from. The Those broadcasting leaks. rights yep, for the yeah. game. So well, now they're losing a lot to it to Fox Sports, man. No, they are, and you know we're starting to see you know the English Premier League's now on yeah, NBC yeah. this year, they which is great. They did a fantastic job their first weekend too. Yeah, they did a nice pleased. job. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job. I saw that too. So it'll really be honestly be driven by the broadcasters and kind of the money that's in the game at that time and how it fits in with their scheduling. So. I think that's going to be kind of work in progress, yeah. and you know maybe we can massage that and move that year to year. But I think as a country, we've got to get more viewership and kind of get those ratings numbers higher because honestly, they're not really that high, yeah. so to speak. But if those numbers begin to go up and we can kind of con and the demand is there, then they'll begin to move the schedule around and kind of form fall more in line with the European and the okay. FIFA date. So yeah, just a question. Yeah. No good question though. Like so, he's backtracking already. He's like, oh, it was just a question. This is just my question. You know. I'm going to ask anybody. Might as well be him. Yeah, it's true. Man, they're just kicking you hard tonight. It's nothing no. new. No, wait, 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 wait. No, no, he kicks himself. He yeah. just he just kind of goes, hey, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. let's do this. I got, I got titanium. I can handle it. It's true. He does. That's what makes him so fast now. He's kind of like a bionic man, that, that titanium <laughs> in your leg. It's good. That's your third strike. I think we, I think so we still have a though. Over we 30. still. Yeah. He's going to go. Two cones, one bag. Right. <laughs> and then and you have titanium. Yeah, titanium. <laughs> it's true. Triple threat. We'll right, invite so. him to tryouts. We'll put a bag of balls out there, two cones, and say, this is what you're up against. <laughs> <laughs> we got two days. But you, when you do your entire tryout, you have to carry all yes. that on you, and you got to be better than anybody else. Not a problem. He will do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I'll get an Alex Popper Indy 11 jersey. <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of, kit, kit-wise. Are we close? We got kits yet? Yeah, Adidas, we're close. Nike, we're close. Diodora, Puma, all the above. We've got. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got nice. like, basically just everyone. On no, the we've side. got interest from uh, a couple of the big players. I would say, you know, the Adidas and the Nikes of the world are, are, are definitely have interest. Have put proposals before us. Uh, I don't know what Peter shared with you. Diodora, Diodora has been a good. Uh, 
good company. They've uh, they've provided a pretty good package. So we'll see. Uh, that's yet to be decided. That that goes to the higher end of the leadership in our Just organization. Just so. size ten and a half <laughs> in shoes and boots. So in boots. If you got any laying around, you can bring some over. Right. I know. Good, I, I gotta good. get. I gotta get on some of these polos or something. I mean, I got. I got my inaugural scarf. I think I'm the only one out of this table that did. Besides, obviously you. you oh, we also, uh, You guys also have. Uh, no, no, no. no. Scarf contest. Did you see that's out yes, there? Design your that. own scarf. We gotta. You guys gotta put a. Uh, How about beanies sketch together? Because you know people oh. with not good hair <laughs> get cold in the winter. <laughs> no, the new era hats are coming out. You guys are bringing those on Wednesday, aren't you? Right, right. Yeah. They just a couple new of the era. hats just new came in and. All fitted. It's a brand new era, so I got a fresh seven, new hat. Do you have a seven and three fourths from this giant dome? It's, it's like a, it's like a <laughs> nine and a quarter. It's nine and a quarter. That's a baby. <laughs> got a baby up there. It's basically a laptop bag that you put on my head. <laughs> With a bill. <laughs> With a bill. <laughs> With on a bill. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, okay. It's all right. So, I got a big head. I'm sorry. So they're working on that. So how far out do you think we are for a lot of the the swag, a lot of the the gear for fans? They're looking. Because there's already a little bit of stuff that's already out there on a little on bit of stuff that's out there. I would probably say in the uh, probably the next four to five weeks we should nice. probably have the uh, the kit piece nailed down. I will say there are some demos in our office right now that look really good, um, and I won't uh, can't predict when that'll when that deal will get done and the kit will be available for sale. But it's for the holidays. Yeah, very yes. sure. Yeah, very nice. sure. Nice. It's it's in the near future. So I think we're kind of getting to the point that. Um, and I think a lot of that, too, is on the sponsorship side. We've had a couple big groups come for us for the naming rights, for the kind of the, on the kit. So yeah. that's a big piece of it, too. We're kind of waiting for that to come together no as well. there? No, I can't no. say that. No. Peter, Peter would fire me if I said <laughs> Mike's car wash. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's car wash. wash. <laughs> Mike's car wash in the 11. Mike's car wash Indy 11. Oh, that is the amazing. Lily malpractice Indy 11. <laughs> okay, don't, don't work on you here. We're done. Big okay. John is coming after you now. Uh, <laughs> Big John, look lighter. He knows you. <laughs> wow. What All right, happened? so what so get, So I want to say thank you again. You're good. Thank you so much for coming on yeah. here. What um, were you expecting? Oh, this was great. It's about, right. about what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this is great. That means we failed. No, it's probably, no. He, Peter probably warned him to begin with. He's probably so like, um, so by you the know way, what? You, know you what? should listen to a couple because you're probably not going to want to go on there. Here's what I'm <laughs> pleased with. We actually broke his uh, two-drink minimum, by the way. Yeah, we did. He had more than two. Why did you have to rat him no, out? No, it's all right. He's Why okay. Why him out? He's okay. You just threw me under the I bus mean, to Peter. I mean, you threw yourself under the bus when you got on here, and you were throwing him out. I mean, stop Hey, listen, it. you did say that you traded my friend here for a bag of balls and two cups. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do something to pay back. I got I I mean, to rip my boy right here. I think he overvalued him. <laughs> I mean, I would have got a pair of shin guards and socks. <laughs> we just, no, and I think you already got paid. Those are in your car. Athletic yeah. supporter and some shorts. <laughs> Can I get a jock strap? Can I get a jock strap? Icy hot. Some icy hot. Well, Coach, I, I appreciate you finally coming on the show. Yeah. I'm glad that you, we were able to get you. You've been a great guest. Um, I really hope that people have learned a, yeah. a little bit. Uh, thank you for the exclusives, of course. The way of the Jurgen. And, of course, if you are listening to this uh, Tuesday or early Wednesday, come out to Moe's Wednesday night. Right. Um, we'll try to be there. The brick house, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Alex is going to be there. I'd like it back in Shelbyville in time. <laughs> You're gonna, it's going to happen. you got to make it happen. Make it happen. What's the show happen? I mean, you. you I got to coach my nephew. 
Time no. to ditch it. Oh, bring, yeah. him no. bring him with you. Bring him with you. Oh, there you go. He can be my DD all the way back to Shelby. <laughs> he's a soccer player. You realize yeah. Actually, he's a goalie, so you can. Oh, you got to bring him. All right. You realize we are, we are, we do uh, the podcast from most, so we kind of are VIPs that you, we can just kind of walk in. You did miss the Indiana tap off. Oh, here we go again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it was for a great reason. It really was. All right. Then. It was. We, host, is, we hosted the local beer tap off here at, at Moe's, and uh, Alex was like, I'm going to do it up by myself. Never shut up. That's all right. He had a good reason. He did have a good reason. Alone. Yes. So, That's off air. That's on. off air content. So thank you. We're here at, uh, at, at Moe's <laughs> Irish Pub yeah. at MIP Indy. Follow them on Facebook as well. Twitter. Uh, you went right? At Summer 11. Summer 11. With an O. At Indy 11. Right. Uh, you want to follow us on permanentrelegation.com. You want to follow us on Facebook at PR Podcast. I am Chris at C Bala on the Twitter. <laughs> I'm Andy at, at Cage Fear. And Alex at Dirty46205 with right. a U. That's right. And, and make sure to follow the Brickyard Battalion guys gotcha. too. True. Which Josh is Josh and Gabe. Props. Big you know, you know they want to come back on the show because uh, they feel intimidated by Clay from Sun King because Clay had we had such a good t- uh, time with Clay from Sun King. He was hilarious. Yep. And, we, and before that, they felt like they Gabe were and Josh it. were fantastic. They were hilarious. And they felt like they got kind of bumped out as the, <laughs> the most hilarious podcast. So they want to come back in and take Round their crown two. back. It was actually all of beer month kind of just got oh, them. Oh, and they geez. were like, Clay, oh, man, Clay we got to come back. It. Clay oh, yeah. was so funny. Well, Clay was, Rob ju- Black 12 was pretty good. Clay, Clay was chucking his phone around this yes. library because he had a life-proof case. He was like, you know, he's like, I just fucking. And I was like, why would you do that? Do you hate your iPhone? He goes, no, I just hate phone calls and emails. <laughs> I just don't want them. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's. He was talking about touching people's balls. Yeah, well, this is the same guy who went into a story about Yelp reviews. And he goes, people that just put overly negative Yelp reviews that just talk about how they hate me, they hate my product, and I just want to go to their house, not violently. I just want to beat on the door and be like, why? Why do you have such a problem with me? What did I do to you? He goes, and then... I'm going to touch their butthole so they know I'm weird. <laughs> and, that's leave. and I just kind of sat here and went, what <laughs> just happened? This is the owner and founder of Sun King. And you just go. One of the biggest breweries in Indiana. <sighs> so anyway, so so again, thank you very much. We're excited thank you. for, uh, thank for you. Wednesday. Yep. We're excited for Wednesday, and we're excited for the season to start. Yeah. I know a lot of people, five thousand oh. over 5,000 people are excited for the season to start. It's going to be a great turnout. What day? April? First game? I think April 5th is kind of the number that's out there. It's first home game? Oh. Wait, that's tax day. Fuck that no, it's day. Not. It's <laughs> no, it's not. It's oh, April 15th. No, it's not. It's April 15th. My bad. Hey, it's cool. It's only been the same day forever. That yeah. might be Brazilian tax day. Yeah. <laughs> Malaysian and Mexican Malaysian tax, day. tax day. I think we just lost the bag of balls. It's just two cones now. Damn it. I just got yeah. traded for a taco. This was your one chance. You could have wowed the it's coach. A, it's a cone and a boot with no laces. <laughs> <laughs> with no insoles. With no insoles. Sure, you raw dog. Missing and half keep, of the spikes. And, and keeper gloves with a pinky missing. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. We're going to end this here. This